North South Connection. It's Black Friday, and you know what that means. Everything is 50% off here at the North South Connection, but you know what's not 50% off is the hosting duties of You Know What That Means, the AEW podcast. Both hosts are here in full effect, uh, or full gear, you might even say. Uh, my name is Jordan Duncan. I'm one half of the anchors of this show. The two of us make up one-third of an Excalibur, if I'm doing my math right. Andrew, correct me. Are we a full Excalibur? I'm not really sure. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think, I think the tryptophans kicked in. Andrew, oh, wake up. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I, I had to go to Black Friday. I had an early doorbusters. Oh. I had to go uh, get the brand new uh, Scissors Me Daddy Asher. Oh. <laughs> I got the Christmas sweater. <laughs> I'm messing. Uh, I will say, let me ask you this question. We're, we're, we're just going to fire off the questions now. Yeah. Um, have you ever fallen asleep doing a podcast? Uh, I would like to plead the fifth on that, okay. uh, just because I don't know if Scott listens to this show or not. I did one time, and I'll t- but I had a good reason. Um, I had worked, I had worked like a long shift, yeah. and we did a double taping a main event back in like the end of 2014. Yeah, that and would be I, the second, and it was Jason Greenhouse on the second one, and I remember I fell asleep, Ooh. and they swung it to me, and just like you, just like you just did, you swung, they swung it to me. And I literally had no idea what they asked me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that happened to me a couple times, and it was nothing like against the show, but we would, I mean, peek behind the curtain, we would sometimes start taping at like 11 o'clock at night, my time. Yeah. And uh, there was nights where we were heading into that second, almost past the second hour. Now we're looking at 1 a.m., and I'm just like, Lee, who? No. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, no, we are taping like, I, at a brisk 9 p.m., which is fine by me. Right. Well, yeah. no, my, what I was going to say is, like, I think kind of Black Friday is done for. Like, in terms of the shopping and well, it's, breaking down the pallets and here come the running of the bulls of shoppers. Like, yeah, that's kind of over, right? It's kind of leaked into, like, Black Friday week. Like, I was at... Now, Amazon Cyber Monday, who signed yeah. me up? There's my daughter... My daughter is in a dance class, and it's at our local mall. And while she was in class on Monday, I went up uh, to look at a couple stores, and they had their Black Friday sale already on Monday. So I think that's what it is. And that's the other thing that me and Emily – because Emily loves Black Friday. So I would be dragged along with her even before we were married. And they kind of changed it to where on on Thanksgiving Day I'd go with my family. Then we'd go to the nearest Walmart at 4 p.m. because they do doorbusters. Yep. And that's really the start. And if you come in at three o'clock in the morning on a Friday, on Black Friday, the the everything the the main product that they're pushing is gone because they got it on Thanksgiving night. Yep. So they just kept moving it up and up and up. But then after COVID, now you can pretty much get all these deals online. Yeah. You know? Which is fine by me. You know. Uh, but yeah, go to shop AEW. Get you, get your favorite scissor me <laughs> shirt. You know, it's go to, it's, go to no, buy no It's such your, a bummer because. You and I have both gushed uh, over the acclaimed for months. I feel like we were riding that wave before it really became a tsunami. Uh, mm-hmm. We were trendsetters there. And we I were on love- the hater train. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the the uh, AEW Women's Champion, Jamie Hater Train. Uh, what? Yeah, we'll get to that in a few. Uh, I would love to support the acclaimed because I like them, but I'm never going to buy a shirt that says Scissor Me Daddy. <laughs> like- no. <laughs> Just, you have to draw a line as wrestling fans somewhere. <laughs> I did like the fact that Max knew that the first – for his entrance in full gear, 
Um, oh, by the way, a pay-per-view just happened. Oh. Um, <laughs> was it Final Max Battle? Cass- <laughs> Final Battle. No, uh, n- no, I think I just woke up and saw that. But, um, <laughs> I mean, what, what is that, 3 a.m., 3 p.m.? I don't even fucking know now. But, um, it's ridiculous. We'll, we'll get to that probably for the next episode, because I think we got time to preview Final Battle for that one. They haven't even really said anything yet. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how we would preview it tonight. What is there? The show. Is there the any show. matches announced? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I know FTR was not on full gear, but who was on full gear was Max Caster, mm-hmm. part of the acclaimed. They won their um, they won their uh, tag match, but Max Caster got a second verse. He could tell that the first one didn't land right. And he was like, "Oh, you want another one?" And they cheered, and he like brought it. I think he re- compared Swerve to Randall from Monsters Inc. <laughs> he said, he, "He said Keith Lee looked like um, oh oh Michael Orr in The Blind Side." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he like dropped some nice bombs like on the second verse because he could tell the first one didn't do it. Yeah, it still blows my mind that Billy Gunn is a part of this group and like gets massive reactions from the crowd. Like it's here we are in 2022. Billy well, Gunn. It, because if they don't cheer him, he's gonna go in the crowd and beat the crap out of him. He looks like <laughs> a freaking. He looks like a freaking bodybuilder. I know he's the biggest guy in the roster. You know, um, it's amazing. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, basically where we're at tonight is we're going to talk about Full Gear Fallout. Um, not really a move-by-move move analysis. I mean, we're a few days removed at this point. So, you know, if you're coming looking for breakdowns of exactly what happened, you won't get all that. You're just going to get kind of get our thoughts. You know, we're a bi-weekly podcast where we talk AEW. Uh, we tend to dip our toes in the waters of other products. There was actually a kind of an interesting angle and impact. Did you see the Bully Ray angle that they just shot on impact no i'm not i'm not aware of that i did so, want to bring up one to you on the other on the on the nxc side but i'll bring up but you can bring this one yeah. up to me so it was a whole lot of stuff was happening so bully ray has uh, I, can't, I can't think of it it's it's their version of the money of the bank i think it's called the okay. call your i think it's call your shot okay. um and he's been aligned with now what's funny is that i know this because i don't even watch impact like even close to semi-regularly He's been aligned with Josh Alexander as a babyface. He finally turned on him. He zip-tied him to the ropes and then grabbed Josh Alexander's wife or girlfriend, flung her over the rail, and threatened to pile drive her on the, on the concrete unless Alexander got him the belt. And he just kept screaming, What did you expect from me? Are you surprised by this? So, yeah, Bully Ray turned heel, zip-tied a guy to the rope, threatened to pile-drive his, I guess, wife on the cement floor. And uh, I don't think he even cashed in his title right there. I think he just basically said, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a bad guy again. So, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, bully, so, Bully Ray bullied himself into a title yeah. match. Bullied him, <laughs> bully worked into a bully shoot. It's like, dude, you didn't. Ex- did you expect this? My name is Bully Ray. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yes, it's all elite wrestling. I think you can expect the elite to come back to all elite wrestling. Yeah, which <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you say? Okay, let's rank this. Uh, what do you think are the three biggest things to come out of Full Gear in terms of importance? What would you say are top three things? <sighs> I'll be. I'll kind of surprise you. Um, I don't think the elite coming back is one of them. Okay. 
I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be sort of the contrarian on this one. So MJF winning the championship and kind of starting yeah, his reign. That's gotta be one, right? Lord knows when it's he's gonna drop it. I'm sure immediately people are fantasy people like, oh yeah, Warlow's gonna get him eventually. Oh, it's gonna be like this one or this one. I think he's gonna hold. In my opinion, I think MJF's gonna hold the title for a really long time. Uh, yeah. How long? I don't know. Yeah. Um, the second one would be that would be that this was the first. AEW pay-per-view where the women's match stole the show. Okay. That's where good. it was the match where the women went, and we've seen dynamites where the women's match was awesome. And it was the match everybody was talking about, or it was the angle everybody was talking about. That's happened before, but not on the pay-per-view. And this is the first time that that happened when Jamie Hayter, and it wasn't the one that they hyped, which was Soraya and her uh, match against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. It was actually Britt Baker's friend, Jamie Hayter, mm-hmm. against Tony Storm in the AEW interim women's title match. It was just a, it was the definition of a fucking banger. Like, just yeah. a match at just like 15 minutes, snug, stiff. Blood from the mouth, just crazy stuff. Like really great finish. Everything and, uh, you could. A finish that surprised me. I honestly thought Tony was going to ignore the crowd dying for Hater, and uh, Tony Storm was going to keep it. I thought she. You was want my it. hot take on that one, really quick, before I get to the. Sure, third you think one. it was an audible? Um, I think they called it in the ring. <clears throat> okay. I I think that they that the post spot. I mean, if you want to do the re- the move by move, like they just had a mo- moment there where Doctor Baker exposes the turnbuckle, and then there's a moment where Tony could throw Hater into the exposed turnbuckle, and Hater reverses it and throws Tony into it. They, I think, they had the option of changing the finish if they wanted to, okay. but they wanted to see how the crowd took it. Well, and the, the crowd cr- took it in Jamie Hater's direction. <laughs> It was very pro Jamie Hayter, yeah. and I think Tony was smart with the way she did the match. But I don't think to- people were booing Tony either. No, no, they haven't turned on her. I think they just loved the match. To mm-hmm. be honest, mm-hmm. um, that's the second one. The third one is just, and this is more generality. You know, like you know how sometimes, like when you go into the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, the commissioner has their press conference. Mm-hmm. Like, but what's the questions they always have in these press conferences? Because you never really get a shot to talk to the boss, you know, and that's, <laughs> yeah. the same, that's the same thing with Tony Khan. I know he's on Twitter buzzing all the time, and he replies to pe- trolls sometimes. Justified. But... This is awesome chance for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in terms of, like, the Fightfuls and the Ariel Wannies, he'll talk to him every now and then. He'll go on Barstool, but he's not as accessible as people think, and he – he took a lot of he took a lot of junk for deflecting a lot of questions regarding the all out fallout. And some people would say that he deflected a little too much. I'm one of those people that I felt like he really should have just been transparent or more transparent, but legal situation got in the way or he was just too ashamed of the whole situation to really be bare bones about it. Say, look, they got into a fight, I suspended them all and it's gonna get resolved really soon. They never said anything, they never had an explanation, and I think a lot of that just it just gloomed over like a dark cloud uh in terms of the last couple of months. And I think it's you know, the last episode we talked about we thought the dynamites were pretty bad. Like we thought they were yeah. kind of sluggish and slow, and we were just praying that they kept the bullets in their chamber for the pay per view. Well, they did. And when they do these questions with the commissioners and the bosses, it's always negative. It's always like because you get that one question, it's always like, "Well, why is this thing so terrible? Why don't you change this?" It's always like the State of the Union, where it's like 
man, you could have done, like, why are you doing everything wrong? And I felt, I think when Tony did that media call, I think that was the first time he ever got real backlash from the reporters and the, or the wrestling media of, like, wow, these people will not let go of the CM Punk stuff. Like, almost every question was CM Punk, yeah. and he could not get through it. Full Gear finally, like, cleansed the palate, where it's like, all right, we had a great show. I felt like it was a great show. Well, um, I think so, too. And we can just kind of forward. Punk's out. The Elite are back. Where you're, MJF's the champion. We're going forward with new storylines and such and such. This was probably the most relieved I think Tony Khan's ever been. Not thrilled, not devastated, not all these extreme emotions, just relieved. He was like, man, that that came off nicely. Well, not just the show, but I think a big question a lot of people, especially backstage, probably would have had is how is the crowd going to react to Kenny and the Bucks back in ring? And uh, to say that they were pro-elite and anti-punk is a bit of an understatement. <laughs> oh, oh, so Foxy and Punk, you, you don't you don't take that into a different iteration? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, it's going to be interesting because, you know, they do have matches for book for Dynamite. We can talk about it later, but um, it's in Chicago. Yep. So I wonder what they're going to do or yep. how they're going to react. Punk's coming back. Confirmed. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some guy who subscribed to Twitter Blue said that AEW is dead, so who knows what's going to happen. Is oh, Twitter by the Blue way, still uh, a thing. Like Twitter went away for a night. <laughs> I know, I know. Wait, we didn't say our goodbyes, Jordan. We, yeah. you know, we we have to say our goodbyes to the to wrestling. Tw- Here's the thing about wrestling Twitter. Like this idea of like, um, it's like NBA Twitter. This idea of like, oh my God, if Twitter goes away, wrestling Twitter goes away. I said this about the Forbidden Door months ago. Like, mm-hmm. who's the Forbidden Door? I feel like the Forbidden Door is like a state of mind. The mm-hmm. idea that anything could happen. Wrestling Twitter is a state of mind. The idea that. There is somebody in this universe that fucking despises every single thing you like about wrestling. <laughs> there is always, and there's actually more than a few of those people, and they will loudly tell you that. So, see, I think like, I think wrestling Twitter is just the evolved version of wrestling message. They'll boards, just go to Telegram or. Yeah, they'll just yeah. go to something else, yeah. right? So find us at uh, you know what that means. Uh, find us at Mastodon. Hive. What are the other ones that have been meta? We meta. we do virtual reality. Yeah, kind of a, <laughs> the first meta cast for the North South connection. <laughs> it's just us sitting in one of those suites, and then somebody uh, does like a paradigm shift through a glass table on us, <laughs> like in that dynamite we saw. <laughs> can you can you give somebody a wrestling move through virtual reality? I mean, I'm willing to try. Like. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I did like the um, I did like um, I'm not gonna try to make it political. But like these people who are like giving their goodbyes, like a John Cena goodbye promo. Oh yeah. man, I got fired. I got suspended. John Cena, you are the richest man in this company. Right. <laughs> You'll be back next week. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys later. Find me at Mastodon or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it is what it is. Like, listen, I understand. Again, you said you don't want to get political. We won't go there, but. I understand people's reservations, and I understand people maybe signing up for other things on a just-in-case basis. Mm-hmm. But I agree with that. Insta- you know. I got on Instagram. I yeah. joined Instagram. Yeah. I am one of those. Yep, I've got I've got a new follower on Instagram. His name is uh. Well, I, I, won't, <laughs> I won't reveal. I won't reveal. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, Instagram is like one of the few social medias where my profile is private. I think it's uh, also one of the ones where everyone has it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Almost Facebook owns Instagram, correct? Right, but I feel like a lot of people 
like young and old both embrace Instagram. Yeah, no, where it's, with it's Facebook general, it's kind of oldish. So it's funny we're going this direction because just before we went on air, I mentioned something. I've kind of got turned onto a new social media, and it's a it's a bizarre one. Have you heard of Be Real? No, I haven't. Okay, so I thought Be Real was like a member of Hit Row for a second. <laughs> Someone first told me about it. Um, no, Be Real. It's it's this app, and you sign up for it, and at one point of the day, your phone notifies you. It says it's time to be real. It could be any point during the day. You have two minutes to take a photo of whatever you're doing, and it takes a picture with your front and back camera on your phone. And the idea is to basically say there's no filters allowed, uh, no kind of faking it for social media. Just show us what your life is like. And so I signed up for it, and uh, literally the second day I was on the toilet when it just told me it was time to be real. <laughs> <laughs> so, second day, I'm pooping. I gotta be real, man. So I'm a very, I'm a very, I'm a very ritualistic person. So yeah, if I did, let's be real, and I set the time for the right for the same one, I would literally oh, be doing. But the that's the thing. thing: you don't get to set the time. the The app oh. notifies you randomly. Well, if it's at any point in certain hours, it'll just, it's probably me typing on a computer. Right, right, yeah, like <laughs> or me scrolling on my phone. I think I've done six days now, and three of them I was in the car. So <laughs> you know what you, you know what you should do. You should slowly change your uh, facial expression and make it look like a projected motion. <laughs> yeah, right. That uh, would be funny. But yeah, that's uh, you can find us at <laughs> you know what that means at bereal.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, back to the show. Um, here's my three uh, three keys from Full Gear. Number one is MJF winning the title. Uh, I think we all knew this was coming. Um, and I saw some people complain, oh, it was predictable. Like, yeah, I think a lot of us thought that's what was going to happen. Everyone but... knew Moxley was taking a break. Right. And I think everyone knew the regal turn was coming too. Like, just because <sighs> – how do I word this? Sometimes it's predictable because it makes the most sense in story progression. And I don't have a problem with predictable in that situation. There's lazy predictable and there's, okay, the next step of this story should be this. The next beat should be this. And we're just following along correctly. Now, I'm not opposed to swerves here and there. um, But I I don't think that this was a bad type of predictable. Um, But yeah, MJF is the champ now. Uh, I know people didn't like the babyface duping by... MGF, because people, people looked at it like, oh my god, you're turning MGF babyface. Well, it turned out to be a big, giant red herring. So I think, I think there's two things for that. I think one, it was a red herring, so they couldn't just keep healing him the whole way through. And I think they were dipping their toe in the waters for down the road when they really do want to do it. Let's see, does the crowd react to him positively? Right, um, a litmus test. Yeah. Uh, second thing, second big takeaway for me, kind of links with the first one with MJF as the champ. If you run down the list of AEW champions, not Ring of Honor, but just AEW, you've got MJF, TNT title, Samojo, whatever. Uh, you've got Orange Cassidy, Jade Cargill, Jamie Hayter, The Acclaimed, The Death Triangle. These are all AEW people, like AEW OG originals. I think it's very interesting that we're in a spot right now where everyone who's holding a title outside of Joe... Uh, is like an AEW, maybe not a day one person, but like if they're not day one, they got their big break in AEW. I think it's a really interesting if you could, shift. If you could dig deeper and say Daniel Garcia with the pure mm-hmm. title yep. and, Hook and Hook with the yep. MTW title. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, then if you add the Ring of Honor, of course, then you got Jericho. 
Jericho's um, a day one guy. Yeah, and I was trying to. I don't even. I couldn't even think of who the Ring of Honor women is. It Mercedes Martinez. Is she it the is. women's champ? She just came back. It looks like she's going to feud with Athena. With Athena, a yeah. A newly heel Athena. Yeah, who just yeah. threw Aubrey to the ground on Rampage. Yeah, very uh, heelish. And then my <laughs> third takeaway is um, people should watch the zero hour of every pay-per-view because there's a new trend where there's just an absolute banger on every zero hour. This time it was Eddie versus for, Junak For those Yama. confused, that it used to be called the buy-in. Yeah. Sometimes they call it the buy-in. Streams on YouTube, yeah. Right. You can watch it right now on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, but go watch Eddie Kingston versus Junakiyama. Awesome match. I don't know that I would say it was the match of the night. I don't, maybe it was. Um, I almost thought the same thing when we when we started the show. I was yeah. like, I think this may have been the best match. It was so you good. Know? And the emotions, because you know that was like a legitimate dream come true for Eddie. I mean, he was basically in tears, you know. Um, and that was all in the pre-show. Hero, man. <laughs> Yeah, people follow him on social media. I mean, John Akiyama is his. That's he inspired him to do wrestling. Yeah, that's probably your also selfishly on your end. That's um your favorite all Japan wrestler. So, <laughs> the th- or did you say it was Kobashi? Kobashi, but they're they're linked together. They're a tag team for years. Okay, so. and Akiyama looked good. He yeah, did. He looked I mean, good. he's gotta he be in they, his fifties. They limited they limited him a little bit. He's bald now, but you know he doesn't doesn't have that bolt that big head of hair anymore. But like. <laughs> He looked good. Yeah, he looked like he, really he could did. still do the stuff. He could still do the exploder. I mean, uh, both their chests look like hamburger meat, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the jumping knee is one of his things. Like, he was always one that, like, All Japan was known for, like, there were some dangerous head drops. And John, uh, I always call him John, it's June. Uh, he had, like, the exploder 98 variation that was more of a head drop. But the exploder suplex, I always thought, was fairly safe compared to some of these other yeah. suplexes. He actually had two matches. They had the tag match where they yes. didn't interact much. But um, Akiyama and, oh, by the way, Kosuke Takeshita is signed by AEW now. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love <laughs> um, it. I love it. So they teamed up because um, they're part of DDT. And um, Akiyama, I believe, trained Takeshita. And they won the tag match with yep. Ortiz and Kingston. Then Kingston faced... Akiyama in this zero hour show. They had other matches. I think there was um the Factory versus uh Best Friends and a much meaner Dan Housen, <coughs> a slightly more evil Dan Housen. Yes, very very evil. I thought it was funny he, like he when they poured teeth in their mouth. Yeah, I thought it was funny the the lead up. I think it was on Rampage where Orange Cassidy challenged him to a match with a mystery partner. He said, watch this video. And it's Danhausen like hiding behind these gears. <laughs> and uh, QT Marshall just goes, that's Danhausen. That's obviously Danhausen. That <laughs> <laughs> was pretty funny. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and then the other one that we didn't bring up, uh, absolute Ricky Starks beat Brian Cage. Yep. Um, that's fine. You know, yeah. We, yeah, so we didn't talk about this when we last recorded because it happened after that, but um, – Starks and Starks and Lance Archer, the Murder Hawk monster, they were in the first round of the Eliminator. They were supposed to wrestle that night um, two weeks ago. It didn't happen, and it got moved to Rampage. They, he won it, and then he beat Brian Cage in the Zero Hour. So yeah. now he's going to face um, All Ego Ethan Page on this upcoming Dynamite. Yeah, the which Dark was Dynamite. supposed to be at the pay per view, and that got bumped to the right. to our I Dark Dynamite. <laughs> I think he did something to his pec, <clears throat> total muscle, or his ribs. Because mm. if you notice, he wore a shirt in both matches. Yeah, I thought it was just the Kenny Omega routine where coming back from injury, you lose a piece of clothing every every <laughs> s- subsequent match. We could talk about that too, but Kenny, 
I do not know what he did between September and November, but he was in fucking great shape. Like, much better shape than he was when he came back to wrestle in the trios tournament. Yeah, uh, that match was just insane. It was so good. Like, Yeah, breaking news, the <laughs> Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers had a great match. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shock, right? <laughs> what a shocker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're leading into a best of seven, which is definitely going to go seven, because I don't know if you have it in front of you, but they listed what where all the matches will take place. And the seventh match, quote, if necessary, is, I think, and Dynamite uh, when they're in, is it L.A. or San Francisco? But in Bucks territory. It's in L.A. Yeah. It's in L.A. And the so. and it's in also, and I will get back to the third point that you wanted to make about the show sure. in a second. But the other thing that was a clear giveaway is that there was a break, the two-week break between the potential match six and the potential match seven. It's already come out why. Kenny Omega is going to wrestle Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that'll that'll be something. Yeah, so. crazy. What stuff. was your third? What was your third? Uh, so yeah, first one is uh, MJF wins. Second one is uh, <clears throat> the home pre-show pre- pre- matches are great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was my third one because the second one. Oh, is, that was. Um, I'm sorry. Is that, I'm, is I'm, that we're now you know looking at all the AEW people are champs now. So and even too adding to that, like the first title defense for MJF is going to be Ricky Starks or Ethan Page. I think it's more likely that it'll be Ricky Starks, but. Um, by the time this comes out, we'll we'll know. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, the thing that is interesting about that finish between MJF and Moxley, because it was very storyline driven. Um, yeah. Not a match. Not a hold for hold classic. Just like a fun it was sports entertainment yeah, match. Um, no firm. So I wonder if the firm are not involved in MJF after all, and it's because he doesn't need them in his back pocket anymore because he has Regal. Maybe that can lend to all ego being the opponent at winner's coming i'm just rampantly speculating right yeah i mean <laughs> we're kind of like we, we i feel like we get to this point every episode where we kind of give a little synopsis we tape on a tuesday we drop on a friday there's always we call it the dark dynamite there's a dynamite that happens that we don't know about and sometimes it makes us look like nostradamus sometimes it makes us look like nostradamus you know <laughs> so it just i think depends. we're on the nostradamus side this yeah. time i yeah. think we got a few things right yeah i agree um I, I think what'll be interesting is I, I'm interested in the fallout of the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, do you think we see Mox at all on Dynamite, or do you think it's just okay? He lost the title, he disappears for a minute. I mean, just to flip back, like to contradict myself. What if the firm takes him out? Mm, that makes sense. You know? Yeah, you know. So maybe that maybe yeah. that's what happens. But I think I think you know? that, and then we lead to some turmoil within the Blackpool Combat Club because you got Claudio, you got Jericho, you got. Wheeler Yuta, I think that maybe Wheeler Yuta sides with MJF, and maybe it's like uh, Regal goes with the younger boys. I don't know. Right, you know? right. I mean, there's a, I lot, remember, there's a lot of directions they could go with it. They did show, they did have some post-match stuff that wasn't shown on the pay-per-view, um, uh, where Moxley was, like, awoke from his shot uh, of the brass nuts. Oh, I didn't see and that. And then he was, like, upset and furious and mm. everything, and the BCC guys were trying to calm him down. So I don't know where they're kind of headed after that. One way or another, I mean, I think Moxley definitely deserves a break. I yeah. mean, this man has been running hard. Yeah, but and like you he, said, they'll need to write him off, though. Rather, it's not his character to lose to. the belt and then just not show up. So if right. anything, I could see the show starting with him kind of hitting the ring. And uh, maybe they write him off quick. Well, I, the most shocking part of that match was not the fact that William Regal turned. It was just that Moxley didn't bleed. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what shocked me. <laughs> but I was, uh, I was looking very close. The one thing I did like that Moxley did, because 
I know this is a very small, like, um, small intricate thing. I don't like when, and Seth Rollins is a huge offender of this. I do not like when the wrestlers stare at the referees when they're counting. I hate it. Yes. Like, yes. It's just something. It it just it takes feels me out of very it. fake. Look, yeah. Even even Dwayne. I I swear by the book of Dwayne, but he did it. The Rock did it all the time. Yeah. And I hated it so much. And I know it's sports entertainment. Moxley did it, but he never kicked out. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. I think it was a nice little. I think it's usually a giveaway that somebody's going to get a foot or a hand on the ropes. Right. You know. Right. Even more than a kick out. So, uh, but overall, I mean, one to ten, what would you give this show? An eight. I don't think it it came to my mind too. In terms of the 2022, I think when we reviewed it, I think you hit it on the nose. Revolution this past year, um, ages like fine wine. Uh, yeah. We have a we have a topic in mind for maybe another episode where we really dig deep and compare the shows, even mm-hmm. from other years. But in terms of just like let's just isolate to this year, um, Revolution, phenomenal show. I'm not yeah. going to go up and down the cards. Um, Double or nothing, very good but very very long. Yes. Just way too long. I think long. it's still and then, even an issue. Still, I still feel like this one was just had a little bit more than it needed. Yes. Uh, Forbidden Door, great individual. This is a great comparison in terms of different methods of booking. Great singular matches, not a well-put-together show. Yeah, or even like a well-built-to show. But if you look at the snowflakes, amazing. Like a great show with great matches. All out, really uneven. I mean, even Moxley on microphone said that was the worst ladder match i've ever seen in my life <laughs> he said that in the promo yeah, leading i up mean to all the out i think gosh it had to be the tag title match was the show stealer there yeah um the, the, and he, you know uh, all albeit what people believe you know, what people think of him now i thought punk mox was a fantastic main event i thought yes they really I, delivered. I do too yeah and that's something that tony khan said in the press conference where he finally did talk about cm punk a little bit he did not go out of his way to say anything negative he said he basically said i'm very thankful and happy for all that he did in aw and you know it's easy to forget that because of the way he went out but man punk's run yeah, I just, was great I, I could just tell i could just tell that tony's demeanor in the the audio call and the press conference was very different he just seemed more relaxed it almost like a, he was almost like I'm just so glad things worked out because we can actually go forward with like positivity and good vibes about the product, you know, not necessarily like, oh my god, this, oh my god, that. You're oh my assuming god, that it's about punk, though. But did you hear that their stadium got caught with like a ton of rats and all their vending stuff? Maybe he's just happy that they got rid of all the rats in their food. <laughs> I did not hear that. <laughs> yeah, the Jaguar Stadium, like. Apparently they found rats like all the concession stands. Maybe it was Trevor Lawrence's family. Uh, maybe it was ring rats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I had a joke there, but I'm, I'm going to keep it in my back pocket. Yeah. Um, I don't even know their record. I think they're not as bad as people expect. That's you know, funny. they're that team because I watch a lot of NFL football. They're, there's different types of bad. There's bad teams that are like, oh, this team is not going anywhere. They suck. There's bad teams that are like, okay, you can tell they're on the upturn. They're just a, a ways away. And then there's fun bad teams, like maybe they shouldn't be bad. I think the, the Jags. Saints. Yeah, I think the Jags are a bad team, but you know that they're headed in the right direction. They got a young quarterback. Yeah, they got 
a lot of young. Where's the fun bad? Yeah, they got a lot of young offensive players um, with Travis Etienne and Christian Kirk and Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I, I think mean, don't. Well, Jordan, don't be down. I mean, I saw your team in Detroit this past Sunday. I mean, they looked amazing. They looked like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> they sure did. Uh, did you see? <laughs> did you see a fat bald man storm the field in a Josh Allen jersey? <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny those, that was for me. For those who are not getting the joke, um, the Bills had a snowstorm, so they had to in Buffalo, so they had to play in Detroit. Yeah, uh, against the Browns. I so. was there, uh, like eight throw up from uh, the end zone. I am oh, convinced how... that Stephon Diggs waved at me. I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah. And Patrick Mahomes, I'm done with it. It's gonna. It's, I'm just stamping it. It's done. He's the John Cena of pro football. Oh man, listen. And I he's and I don't mean that he's likable. I hate him. He just never loses. Right. Like you can't be. I, now listen, he's lost a Super Bowl. He's lost an AFC Championship. He's gonna lose, but he's gonna get the upper hand yeah. somehow. Here's he the crazy thing. I saw somebody saying this off season that division, all the teams like re re restocked, reloaded, spent money like. The, it's the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos. They spent like a combined like six hundred million dollars to to basically compete with the Chiefs. And it's not even Thanksgiving, and the Chiefs already have the division wrapped up. <laughs> are you gonna? Uh, are, are the Lions playing again? I know we're getting off topic. Who cares? Um, the um, are the Lions playing again on Thanksgiving? Yep, I will be there for that. They're playing the Bills. <laughs> we played the Bills last Thanksgiving. Uh, in the Superdome, they yeah. beat our ass yeah. because we played Ian Book. I, I will <laughs> be there. I will be at the Lions Bills. Are you going to be? Um, are you going to be at the? Well, I mean, Jordan, I, I I thought you were prepping for the big event of the of the fall. I'm not talking about full gear. I was talking about Michigan versus Ohio State <laughs> yeah. battle of the unbeatens. Let's fucking go! Right. Um. Listen, Andrew. Is, remember, that is it eleven o'clock again? Uh, I don't know. They always do that early. I, I think it's a night game this year. I think they moved it to a night game. I'll look it up while you talk. So, uh, but you got to remember, Andrew, this is Friday. Thanksgiving already happened. I was already at the Bills Lions game. Bills won 143 <laughs> to 7. It's a great game. <laughs> it's a great game. Oh, no. Josh Allen awarded me the game ball. He walked up to me. He <laughs> said, Scissor me, Daddy Jordan. I said, Okay, Josh. <laughs> sure thing, buddy. He, stri- he strikes me as a wrestling fan. He does. Yeah, he really does. He probably is. He probably is. Um, I was at I was at the mall today and I was I have a friend who works at a sports memorabilia shop and I was picking up a shirt for my son and he I near the catcher they had like autographs of like different different athletes and stuff and one of them was Kevin Nash but the 8 by the glossy 8 by 10 that Kevin Nash signed is from when he was in the movie Magic Mike. <laughs> It's really, what? It's so weird, dude. It's like stripper Kevin Nash. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Michigan Ohio State is at eleven o'clock on Fox. Oh, okay. So, okay. So it is still a early day, early game. So, um, and 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 we'll finish up with the Detroit talk with this one. Um, guess what's coming back to Detroit? Uh, for the first time in thirty years. Oh, the Final Four, right? Summer Summer Slam. Oh, Summer Slam. Yeah, we're all the Final is Four too. to be back. SummerSlam is rumored to be coming in. That's another one, too. SummerSlam is rumored to be coming in in August of 2023. The Final Four will be there, I believe, in 2027 or 2028. That's what I heard was 27, I think. Yep. Yep. And they hadn't been there since 2009. We're also getting the NFL draft in not this coming summer, but I think the summer after. So I think the 25 draft is here. Andrew, Detroit is uh, becoming a destination city. 
when are they getting a pay-per-view? They have already announced the Revolution location, uh, San Francisco. Yep, I, I think we talked about that last episode. I'll settle for just coming back for Dynamite again. Um, by the way, I was at the last SummerSlam in Detroit. It was actually in Auburn Hills, the Palace. Lex Luger versus Yokozuna was the headliner. SummerSlam what a missed opportunity. Baby. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I, and I remember all the fans in attendance knew Lex Luger was winning because when you looked up to the rafters, it was just filled with red, white, and blue balloons getting ready to be dropped. So all of us in attendance were like, Luger's winning. He's going to win the title. <laughs> and then he won by countout, and uh, it was the worst. You ever heard the legend about Bill Russell? Uh, no. Bill Russell played and coached. This is how great he was. He played and coached in the Game 7 against the um, against the, the Lakers in the Forum in his last game. It was a Game 7. The Lakers had, parade, had a parade route already circled, and they had balloons up in the air to drop when they won. And... He told he told them uh, before the game. He told those Celtics players before the game, "We're going to keep those fucking balloons up there." And they won. They won the game seven. That was That's his last great. game. That's pretty great. That was that was the last game he played. I suppose if if Yokozuna had won in SummerSlam '93, they could have just started popping all the blue ones. <laughs> this is just red and white for Japan. Just red and white. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, the All Atlantic Championship is yes. up for grabs on yes. Dynamite coming up. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about AEW against for a little bit. Against Jake Hager and his favorite hat. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of funny. That I like that he just walks around with it in a backpack. He doesn't wear the belt. And he just walks up to people and says, hey, fight me for the title. You know, I, I'll tell you the sneaky thing. I think Jake Hager is going to leave Jericho to side with Orange Cassidy because he's just friends with him because he likes his hat. Ooh, okay. He said, "You look." did you see the – they had a promo. They had an actual like vignette promo on – um, full gear, and I think Orange Cassidy told Jake Hager, "Hey, your hat looks cool." Yeah. <laughs> and then Jake's like, "Yeah, I like this hat. I love this hat, man." I, big question, and I, of course, we'll we'll know by the time this episode comes out. Does he wrestle with the hat on? Yes, I say of yes. course. Of course, gives me very much Bobby Lashley baseball hit impact but, vibes. But he doesn't get he gets rolled up and he doesn't give his shoulder up because he doesn't want the hat to get off his head. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. All right, uh, let's talk about, is there anything we missed uh, from Full Gear? I mean, we didn't go match by match. Uh, here's something we haven't even talked about. The show started with a cage match, Jungle Boy, Jack Berry against Luchasaurus. It was pretty darn oh, good. Oh, I thought it was the, I thought it was Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally match by match, move by move. Yeah, I, I mean, don't even have to describe the match. Just watch Bad Blood 97. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, we haven't even talked about that. Uh, but Jungle Boy... Gets the victory, hugs his mom and his sister. Uh, I think that ends the Luchasaurus chapter, but he's still got to get to Christian somehow. I hope that maybe we see like a side quest. You know, we don't need to keep drawing out this Christian can't wrestle, but he's toying with Jungle Boy. I hope that we just see some sort of side quest for Jungle Boy for a while. Um, I, I don't know what else they could do besides the actual match, and I don't know that Christian's ready for the match yet. Yeah, one way or another, the show, the match was great. Yes, like, I agree. Yeah, I, it, I, I almost want to say it was the best match of the whole of the entire pay per view. Like, I, th- I think the trios gonna, match was my favorite match. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Um, uh, mm. bled pretty quickly. Great visual where the blood gets on the cage bar. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're when Luch is pressing Jack Perry's um head against. It. By the way, Perry did say in the uh. 
the media scrum that he's going to try to get not get away from Jungle Boy. He will continue to embrace it. It's just like he doesn't mind being called Jack Perry. Yeah. Like it was something he got away from when he be started because he didn't want his name to be why he got a push. Now that he's not now that he's proven himself as a fourth as one of the four pillars, he's more ready to embrace it. So now he really is officially Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Yeah. So that's what he's going to go by. Kind of a similar um, story is that. Did you see Brian Pillman in in the press conference? No. Yeah, he came out and they he didn't even have a match, and he came out and said that his father um, <clears throat> came back from the dead and said, "Stop using my name," and then died again. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> Just a reminder: um, Brian Pillman sucks. <laughs> but um, pitch perfect elbow from the top of the cage to a, through a table looked great. He even did the kill switch. Uh, yep. Luchasaurus kicked out. Yep. Lucha got his like little finisher he's been doing on people to cutthroat, and it didn't finish. So you knew that the match was going to be like one of these, like kick out. I kick out of yours, you kick yep. out of mine kind of stuff, and yep. we escalate until somebody just can't get up. I was surprised Luchasaurus tapped out. I thought he should have passed out. Mm, yeah, I could see either way. I could see a uh, argument for either. I guess it. Maybe the tap out is for for me. I think it's definitively this chapter of the story is over. Boom. That's, okay, that's how I took it. But yeah, great match. I yeah, mean, I agree. A, a nice, nice blow off. Luchasaurus is pretty underrated. Like he never gets talked about as like a good wrestler in AEW because it's full of them. But the guy doesn't really have that many bad matches, and, and he doesn't get injured often. No, not at know? all. So he's like, um, I was reading a, I, I heard a blurb from, I think from Excalibur or maybe even Jim Ross on Rampage that Dante Martin has wrestled more matches than anyone in the history of AEW. I was like, what? Really? You know? Luchasaurus is probably up there too. Hey, that's something we can jump off of full gear again. Um, I'm all about Top Flight and AR Fox being a team moving forward. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. that's a trio I could go with. Like, yeah. even if they don't win the trio's belts when they're defended, like, yeah. put them against the Elite, put them against like, um, the best friends. AR like, Fox is a, a guy match. who's been around for years and years. We talked about them on Lucha Underground last, was it last episode? Yeah, yeah, we did, because yeah. we talked about his match against Killshot, yeah, a.k.a. George Strickland. Yep, yeah. um... But uh, I was reading about him. Apparently, he's helped train uh, several guys on the roster. Many so, people, yes. Um, did he get the AR Fox's All Elite reward yet or no? I don't think he did. I don't think so either. But I didn't see I, it. I, want, I really want to say no. Okay. Um, Takeshita did, um, and there may have been another Takeshita did, Bandito did. Yeah, I don't Bandito think AR well Fox deserved. did. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even mention this one. Bandito beat Rouge. Match was fine. It wasn't great. Um, they they did what they could with the time they had. And then um, he lost to All Ego yeah. in the next round. I thought the match with All Ego was pretty good. It, like, it wasn't... Um, yeah, it was like nothing like to write home about, but it wasn't like... It didn't waste your time. Right. Exactly. Good you know. point. Uh, yeah, so uh, show started with the cage match. Uh, Luchasaurus uh, losing to Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Then we had our Trios with the return of the elite with a new theme song, um, Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas. Uh, what do you think of that? <laughs> what, <laughs> what other, uh, what other uh, crusty songs are we going to take pull out from our from our? <laughs> I, was gonna ask, I was going to ask, what are some other songs by bands that are named after a state? Could we go with? Like, is there any Alabama <laughs> Chicago, songs? Chicago. Um, Alabama. Maybe we, can, maybe, we can, maybe we can take a song from the musical Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm from Oklahoma. We're just Boomer Sooner to play. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Elite came back and like 
obviously in ring they have it was awesome the yeah the setup, of it, the setup of the song and the lighting and everything very and cool. the was very awesome I that's something say. they have always excelled at and i think that's the bucks more than kenny um not to shortchange kenny or anything but i think that's the bucks that really go all in on every little detail um mm-hmm. They just always hit it out of the park, man. It just always feels like a big deal. Great, 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 great match. Um, but they lost. The Elite lost their return. Um, yes. Death Triangle kept the belt, and Ray Phoenix had to use the Hama. The Hama. Use the Hama. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I thought was a to. cool little step, you know. Yeah, he he kind of was in that position. Well, well, I got it. Might as well use it. Yeah, and, like um, he didn't want to, didn't want up. to, but nothing was working. Says, mm-hmm. screw it, I just need to win. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't wanna abridge like all the stuff they did in the match. It's twenty minutes. Yeah. It's every Young Bucks Lucha match you say. And I mean that in the nicest, greatest compliment of all time. Sure. Like any of sure. these matches you've seen of them and Kenny and Pac it's amazing. Like it's incredible counters and weird high spots and stuff. Like it's just great. You know, the Bucks looked they didn't look rusty. I will say this too. No one looked rusty. No. no one. Not even Kenny. Kenny didn't look rusty at all. I feel like Kenny was ramping up and he kind of like was in his own head. Yeah. Uh, when he came back in September, like he looked great, but I could tell he was trying to like sell the injuries and do all this stuff and try to tell a story. Whereas with this one, it was just like, hey, Kenny, can we just do the match that everybody wants to see? I agree. He's like, yeah. no problem. I can do that. He, he looked much better in shape. Uh, his haircut looked very similar to the one when he debuted in AEW. Also, I wonder weird. if the best of seven was the plan that they originally had coming out of All Out. You know, because All Out was mm. the elite beat the Death Triangle for the title. I wonder if they just said, "Okay, we're back. Let's go back to what we were gonna do all along." And I wonder if this. Best it'd be of funny. Seven... It'd be funny if it was a gentleman sweep and like the, <laughs> yeah. the Death Triangle won four games to one. Yeah, <laughs> four matches to one. And the one is like a countout loss. And then the last three, they're like, "Yeah, um, we're not doing that." Yeah. <laughs> I actually think that that's would be funny WCW because yeah, like in wrestling <laughs> history, whenever they do best ofs, they always go the distance. So somebody just sweeps. I think that'd be great. You know. <laughs> Uh, speaking of sweeping, sort of, uh, Jade Cargill uh, beat Nyla Rose uh, to continue being undefeated. What's her record now? 43? 44? Not, not in the 50s, but somewhere in the 40s, right? Yeah, somewhere yep. around there. Uh, I don't know. Nothing, Not much to this match. Nyla got a near fall off of Jaded. Yeah. She did her version of Jaded and uh, uh, almost got her. Best thing about Jade is her pay-per-view uh, gear. Like, this time she was a Thundercat. She was Tigra. Do you remember the Thundercats? I don't remember the Thundercats. That was before me. Okay. Yeah. I, I I was I'm old enough to remember them, but I never really like I didn't have the toys or anything. Like I knew I Lion was, was the main the, one. I thought she was gonna be Zoe Saldana and Avatar. That's what I thought oh, she was. Oh, okay. Be. Okay. Maybe yeah. she'll do that for Revolution. Um but yeah, uh pretty much I wouldn't say it was like horrible match. Um bad spot for them, like to go after the return of the elite, like sorry, <laughs> you know, sorry about <laughs> bathroom, your luck. <laughs> bathroom break, yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho keeps the Ring of Honor title in a four-way match that I was not interested in at all going into the show, but this was a really good match. 
It was fantastic. Yeah. It was just a little long. I like agree. I felt like it was like maybe three or four minutes too long. And it didn't really get going until the partnerships fell apart. Yep, I agree. I wish they did that a little earlier on. But if they had done that earlier on, it would have felt more like an exhibition. Mm-hmm. Whereas they kind of told the story that, hey, it's BCC versus JAS. Oh, now it's disintegrating, falling apart. Once you get to that last five to seven minutes of all four of them just going bonkers on one another it's fucking great and that's where jericho is still good enough to keep up in that pace uh Mm -hmm. for spurts you know like i don't know that he can go balls to the wall from bell to bell but you know if he builds he can he can hit that gear for a minute or two did you read the story about brian danielson uh what he got quoted saying in an interview uh yeah about uh he's not gonna be he's not gonna retire but he's not gonna be full-time for much longer something like that basically he's basically gonna do what john cena did his last few years yes gotcha. so yeah. grow a, get a horrible haircut and start <laughs> daddy's home three <laughs> scissor me daddy's home <laughs> Scissor me, daddy's home. Starring Anthony Bowen and Mark Wahlberg. But honestly, man, like the the match was way better than I expected, which I don't know why I expected bad. I just wasn't interested in. I'm not really. I think it's because it's got the Ring of Honor, and yes, yes, the Ring of Honor stink. Stink. Yeah. I hate to say that, and I did not. I did not mean to say stigma. I said stink. I agree. And (laughs) like, there's got to be something here. Like, I really hope. The Ocho can pull something off with Final Battle where people are really paying attention. If it's Jericho versus Danielson, you know, I, like I keep telling people, I am a, a fucking mark. So maybe I'll just go ahead and order it. But yeah. this is going to challenge me, man. Like, this yeah. is going to be the biggest challenge. Like, a 3 o'clock in the afternoon show? Like, what? With a match. Even you know, if it is Danielson, like, okay, we've seen that four times in the past. But, since summer, but the point you know? is, the point is this in the mid-card works. This works. Yes, you know. mid-card works. Where I'm getting fed up is it's taking up a lot of dynamite time. <laughs> you know, like yes. Jericho usually gets an extensive talk segment and a match every week, and it's a, it's yeah. a little excessive at this point. And that's being generous to say a little excessive. It's a lot excessive. Um, we haven't really even talked about this. Soraya or Soraya. What is it? Soraya or Soraya? It's Soraya. Soraya. Uh, first match in years. Uh, she beat Britt Baker. Um, I thought the crowd was interesting here. They, you know, um, they weren't like they, they were. They were flat at the end. Yeah, they weren't solidly behind Soraya like I think they wanted them to be. Um, I didn't know what to expect out of this. I'm just glad that like she didn't look like fragile or broken. Like no, she they did like a wrestler. They, you know, they did. They tried to do a play on reality thing where she takes some. Um, she takes a headlock takedown and she kind of like is like selling her neck. Yeah. And the ref checks on her and then she just jumps right back up. But the cra- like you said, the crowd didn't sell it. Yep. I so agree. it was just like, oh, that was weird. Well, even like <laughs> the dynamite beforehand, uh, where I think they had the face to face, the crowd was kind of pro Britt Baker there. Like it's not yeah, that they've turned then, on Soraya, but they don't really want to boo they, Britt. Um, and then smartly, they booked a backstage promo for Britt where she did a babyface promo. Which Because if mm-hmm. they'd have done that with Soraya and Britt cutting that type of promo in the ring in front of in front of her, it made it, it could have made Soraya look bad. Yeah. You know? And Soraya even said in this media scrum after, Britt kind of, I thank Britt for the match because she kind of carried me. Yeah. And it's okay to admit that. You know, you haven't wrestled in seven years. Here's my hot take. Uh, I think this could have been left off the pay-per-view. And they could have hyped her return match 
to main event the Dynamite. That could have worked. Because I think the pay-per-views, they've hit this routine We where, just saw Brian Cage in the main event of Dynamite. Right, exactly. You know, like, that's a big match you could sell Dynamite for. Um, but they, the, the pay-per-views, are, they're kind of hitting this groove where they're usually good, but they're also usually just a bit longer than they need to be. Like, maybe one or two matches that shouldn't be there. Um, and I understand why you would think this is a pay-per-view matchup. I get it. But it's also a good TV ratings bump matchup too i think so i, I yeah, think this one could have been left off the pay-per-view when we got to the <clears> near fall <throat> portion i thought soraya looked okay like yeah. she's it was I, I i think i wrote in the notes it was a very wwe-esque match yeah well and i don't and, mean that too much as like a bad thing i think wwe women's matches are great and also yeah right i also think it's more interesting look okay brit wrestled her and brit's pretty safe like, mm-hmm. I think people are going to cringe a little bit if she gets in there with Jamie Hayter and starts getting hit pretty hard. <laughs> you know, like, right. So I don't um, know if she's ready for that kind of match. Right. It that, wasn't that kind of, Hey, uh, listen, though. Three women's matches on the pay-per-view. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty notable. I um, mean, we've already, hit up, we've already hit up two. Um, We'll get to the third one in a sec. Yeah, I'm just running them down in order. Yeah. Next one is probably the biggest stinker of the show for me uh, because of the finish. Samoa Joe wins the TNT title. So what happened is uh, Wardlow... Uh, was power bombing Hobbs, hitting him with the symphony of power bombs. Joe came in, hits him with the belt, and puts. Uh, no, he didn't pin Wardlow. He pinned Hobbs, correct? Yeah, he put him. He hooked him. Yeah, yeah. He I, he hits I, Wardlow with the belt, he and then he the puts the choke on Hobbs. Dead. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So the referee is like, uh, "Okay, it's over." Yeah. So <laughs> like he ain't waking up. Listen, my thoughts on Samoa Joe have, can be heard on past episodes. I'm a former fan. I, I am a Samoa Joe Ring of Honor fan, Samoa Joe WWE fan, Samoa Joe AEW, not so much for me. Um, yeah. That's the best. A double, a double champion. Yeah. Almost like a double cheeseburger. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I don't he's know, got man. the Ring of Honor TV title. So I will say this, might though. might see him at Final Battle, too. Right. I don't have a problem with him taking the TNT title off Wardlow, though. I don't I don't really have a problem with that. I did like his little whisper in the wind. That was pretty cool. Yeah, he's, he's still... Uh, Delivers. I don't. I'm not saying take the belt off him because he's bad. Is he gonna? Is he gonna team up with Matt Hardy and they're gonna redo the Hardys with just Hardlow? Yeah. <laughs> Hardlow. Jeff- <laughs> but no, he. I thought he had some fire to him in terms of his his um his uh like his moves his moveset. Yeah. I yeah. I feel like he's getting somewhere there. The and character's maybe, not. Maybe this is intended to reset. Um, because I think Wardlow is definitely a character that chasing a belt is more intriguing than holding a belt. True. Um, I agree with that. I just, I'm just saying I would have liked to see the opposite where Wardlow power bombs, Joe and Hobbs steals the title. Uh, and then we have Hobbs as a champion. I would have been a big fan of that. Um, but yeah, you know, this was kind of like forgettable. Like I'm struggling to even remember anything outside the finish and the big same. Wardlow I was very surprised by the finish. I will yeah. say that. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I, I was too. I thought we were going to see a Wardlow um, retain um, over over Hobbs. I thought Hobbs was going to eat the pin, which he he did take the loss, but <laughs> you know, from the the other guy. Right. Uh, and then things went crazy. Big shock. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen. Taking on Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Um, Jeff Jarrett probably is so thankful that this was not Ric Flair. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, this was your typical crazy Sting and Darby pay-per-view match. Coolest moment was Darby doing the coffin drop. Was it off a ladder or off the stage? On the side it was of the sta- I think it was off of a ladder. Yeah, who just yeah. caught him like, like it was a baseball, carried him to the ring like in a razor's edge position and just threw him, to, adjusted his shirt and walked away. <laughs> like... Man, it made Sotnam Singh look really, really cool. Uh, and that's it's like um, it's like it's like twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. and Danny DeVito. Yes. That's what it is. It was, um, just wild stuff though. Like, uh, yeah. Well, it was a. It, I didn't know this until the last second. I don't remember this being promoted until the day of the show. It was no DQ, no, no countout. But I don't remember that <clears throat> step. I just so, assume all AEW matches are no DQ. No <laughs> well, we'll talk about that when we talk about the the tag titles match because there was one part that did bother me. But okay. with that, okay. sure. But um, the but yeah, they had the they had the plundering going on to start. Yeah. Um, Sting went in the crowd with Jared. Sting and Jared, I will give them credit. I mean, they've wrestled a bunch of times. They have good chemistry. They know how to bounce off of each other. And Jared. Jared does the things he's good at. You yeah. know, I can't really fault him too much. He got a he got a nice little guitar shot off camera um, on uh, Darby Allen. Uh, Jay Lethal had some nice moves. Uh, there was this one part that scared me because of Sting's age, where he it, it was the actual last spot of the match where yes. Lethal trying to get the Lethal and Jackson, and he's supposed to catch Sting's supposed to catch him in the scorpion death drop position i guess he just couldn't stay upright long enough to catch him so that darby could do the coffin drop on the other side and when he fell he fell backwards and he hit the back of his head on the ring ropes i thought he got concussed yeah i thought whoever the agent of that match was not to take him to task but like shame on them for putting that on sting you know like oh, wait, i just i just got breaking news qt marshall booked that match <laughs> but you know like lucky <laughs> like listen i mean sting is awesome in aw but we have to remember his age and this is not a thing and that's going to be perpetual dude, ring ropes are hard man yes. like, exactly yeah. so like you know, you can do the dives and stuff, but make sure you protect him from the basic stuff and understand that he's going to be blown up. Like, there's a reason yes. that these are special matches and it's not every single week. Darby could go out there every week and do these matches all the time. I don't Sting remember King. Jeff taking those. Jeff didn't take those spots. Right. Because right. he's not stupid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Sting and Darby win. Uh, personally, I hope it's the end of the Jer- Jeff Jarrett TV run. We'll see. <laughs> okay. I don't I, think so. I, I don't think Jeff so Jarrett's either. like a virus. He's always yeah, there. I don't think so either, but man, there's nobody I really like. I, this is what I, I wish Tony Khan would, would look at. I understand the perspective of saying, oh, I could sign him and he'd be in my company. Okay. Take that guy and ask yourself, who do you want to see him wrestle? Because there's guys where I'm like, oh, I would love to see this, this, and this. There's nobody I want to see wrestle Jeff Jarrett. Nobody. Yeah. Because it's Jeff Jarrett. You know? <laughs> it's the old Vince McMahon motive about Paul Heyman. You want him in the castle pissing out, not out of the castle pissing at. Yeah, that's true. That's all it that's, is. That's fair. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think that Jarrett does have a good mind for promotions and things like that. So if they can use his mind in other capacities, I don't have a problem with him being there. I just don't want right. him on my TV a whole and, lot. And I didn't mention this about the elite, um, but I do think that it does lead to rampant speculation, which we're the, you know, we're the LeBron D. Wade of. Um, the 
Kenny and the Bucks are going to retain their EVP status according to Tony Khan in the press conference. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now I'm curious if this was all like one of the hangups where they said, you know what, I'll come back and wrestle for you, but if if you take away my EVP status once my contract's up, I'm leaving. Yeah. And Tony was like, oh no no no, we'll keep we'll, you could keep that role and we'll just act like nothing ever happened. Just please don't please resign when your contract's up. I will say that being the elite this week, which is finally coming back. Didn't maybe, see it. Did you see it? No. I haven't watched it yet either. Um, it's probably one I will track down, though. I don't generally watch it, but I will absolutely watch that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, three more matches, and I thought it was cool that they ended the show with women's title match, tag title match, world title match. Title, title, right. title. I thought that was cool. Uh, Jamie Hayter wins the women's title, beats Tony Storm. Uh, really great match. Crowd totally behind Jamie Hayter. Um, hitting each other with finishers, close falls. Tony Storm... I don't think the crowd turned on Tony Storm. We talked about this earlier. We don't have a whole lot more right, to right. say about we this. We don't have to. I don't think there the crowd turned some, on Tony Storm. Some, they just want Jamie Hayter. Yeah. You know? There were some nice moments there. Like Tony Storm. So this was a happy accident. So Tony Storm does a headbutt um, on to the chest of Jamie. Mm-hmm. Like one of those kind of like Shibata headbutts. And she, I think she legit like broke her nose. Like <laughs> I think she just hit her a little too hard. And – she, I don't know if you kept caught this. It was just like I said, a happy accident. She gets slung into the ropes so that, um, so that Britt Baker and Reba, I almost called her Reba, Rebel, Reba uh, McIntyre, <laughs> so they can come down to, to like um to assist Jamie. A speck of blood hits the camera lens, yeah. and I thought that was so funny. Like there's that little speck of red I, in the middle of the how camera. How did I see that? Well, it's very small, but you could just okay. catch it. Like, like it, it just kind of showed. It, it, it was just a reminder of how brutal this match is. Yeah, I'd have to like, go back and watch they it. Really, I gotta give Tony and Jamie credit. They beat the piss out of yeah, each other, I think... and they did it from the start. Like, they start on the railing, just throwing, excuse me, throwing each other around. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think if we go back six months, the women's division was pretty much DOA. It was, it was in a bad spot, and I think Tony Thanks, Storm. Thanks, Rosa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Tony Storm has really done a good job of like kind of anchoring it, um, and Jamie Hader coming in now and kind of striking while the iron's hot. I think maybe they have the beginning yeah. of a legitimate division for the first time in a and, while. And just to show like how you could tell a, you could tell them. First of all, we talked. My friend Ryan makes this joke about how you can always tell when some a woman, <laughs> not, not to try to begrudge female wrestlers. I mean, it's an emotional business for mm-hmm. them or an emotional craft. But when they know they're going to win, when they go out there, you can see the tears. Like, you can see them, like, you can see, like, they've been crying backstage because they know they're going to win. With Jamie, I couldn't see it. Like, I wasn't sure. Like, so, like, for example, Tony gets into the ring. She's marching to the ring like she usually does. Jamie's got her back turned. Like, um... Like Cena does, like yeah. she's got a back turn, like facing the turnbuckle, like she, kn- and then not only that, the the uh, the bell rings. There's this like this kind of like stall, and Jamie puts her ear, her finger to her ear. She goes, "You hear that?" And Tony nods, and I was like, "Okay, the, I like the atmosphere here." Yeah. It was the exact opposite of how Britt Baker versus Soraya started. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I th- like the atmosphere was there, and then once you get to the final segment where Tony's bleeding. Britt and Reba are doing everything to cost her the belts, and they're just kicking out of everything. The crowd was all over it, and that that is what makes a great match. Right. Was it the best match move for move? No, it was probably the trios match, but this was my favorite match. Well, you know what? I think the crowd was all over it because like what we talked about earlier where 
I really expected Tony Storm to win. I think the crowd wanted Jamie Hayter, but they expected it to not happen. So all these things are happening and, you know, like Tony hits her moves and stuff. And I think they were waiting to kind of get punched in the gut and then it didn't happen, you know. Mm -hmm. And then anytime, like, you know, a lot of near falls where they thought they were going to get what they wanted, you know. Uh, they hit each other's finishers on each other. Yeah, I think Thunder. I Very think, cool. Oh uh, well, uh, Tony hit the um, gosh, the the lariat, the ripcord lariat, yep. and then uh, Jamie hit the storm zero. They both kicked out. Yeah, and that's when you realize. Then you get to that next tier of the match where you're like, okay, I don't know how this is going to end. Yeah, you know. Uh, semi main event was uh, not as fantastic, uh, but I think it was more story than match quite. We've seen... This was the return of the Jedi of the trilogy. Exactly, yeah. Like the, Good, The necessary not- step to get to where they want to go, but in terms of match work, probably the least of the three. Um, yeah. yeah, Acclaimed retain the titles. Keith Lee and Swerve break up. I think we we're all expecting Swerve to turn, and that didn't happen yet. Um, long story short, what happens was uh, the ref got bumped somehow. I can't remember exactly how that happened, but uh, Swerve offered uh, Keith Lee the pliers to break some fingers, and Keith tossed him and basically walked out on him. Said, "You're on your own, dude." You know. Well, I mean, I mean, Jordan, what kind of a friend are you when someone hands you a pair of pliers and say, "I want you to break this other human being's fingers," and they say no? What kind of a friend? Yeah, is that? we've all been there. <laughs> 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 the best storytelling in wrestling is the stuff that hits home, and haven't we all uh, had a friend turn their back on us when we wanted to shatter some fingers with tools? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, Swerve was clearly the heel the entire match, yeah, and I'm like, I'm all about know, heel he Swerve. Was, he yeah. was smiley villain Cheshire Cat the whole time. Yep. He worked most of the match, and I don't think it was it was probably the narrative of like Swerve's like fucking I'm gonna like hero ball I'm gonna win it on my own. Yeah, uh, but. Keith Lee did get some nice spots. There was this ugly spot where Anthony Bowens, God bless him, they tried to do a Poison Rana on Keith Lee, and it just came out looking bad. Yeah, they've had a and couple uh, moments in their match history where they – Yeah, in the, in the Grand Slam where they tried to do something with like a pounce all in timed up with a, like a powerbomb, and it failed miserably too. <laughs> I, they had some nice moments, but this is what this was one that bothered me. Right in front of the referee, Max Casper does a crossbody through a guardrail on on uh, Keith Lee. Great looking spot. It's a disqualification. Was it Rick <laughs> Knox? Was he the ref? <laughs> I don't even know who it was. Yeah, I Rick... think it was Steph Smith. I okay. think it was actually Steph Smith. Rick Knox is uh, he, he he he's in favor of people cheating. I think <laughs> he's the he's the Mike. He's the Michael Flynn of AEW referees. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Rick Knox has a Parler account too. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Mastodon, maybe. I've something <laughs> somewhere. True social. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fine. Um, Max Hasser did kick out a fall from Glory, the one that no one kicks out of. Yep. So he knew something was happening. Yep. Um, slapped to the face by Swerve. Keith Lee just kind of like stares at him and just says, "You know what?" You got this, and he yeah. left, and uh, Swerve uh, eventually gets pinned off of a combo. So Very cool clip. Uh, Swerve, Strickland, Swerve Strickland tweeted this out. It's uh, like a promo and we'll, uh, for this coming Dynamite where Keith Lee's kind of cutting a promo in, in very Keith Lee fashion. Like, you are indubitably a rapscallion, you know? Uh, and he basically says, like, you know, don't show your face around here. And then it just cuts to Swerve, and he just goes, see you Wednesday, Keith. 
You know, he's just basically like, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, so. He's he's straight, he's straight evil now. Yeah. And the thing and to I swerve. Get... Yeah. And the thing is to a swerve is that he's, he's a smart guy. He's mm-hmm. a smart businessman. You know, he hosts his own podcast. Like he's, he, he knows the, he gets the interest. And he's also, this is what shocked me about swerve because of how young he is. He's been around for a while. Like mm-hmm. I had no idea he was in CZW. Like I had no idea he had been doing Lucha Underground. Like he's been doing wrestling for quite a long time. So he's seen a lot of stuff. He's got a lot of experience. But here's the thing, Jordan, that's super important about Swerve in our glory. If this is the end, did Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee come out of the tag team run better than they were before? The answer is undubitably yes. Yes. Like, they both came back good. And even if they don't wind up on the same sh- like uh, level. Uh, level after this, like, say, because I think Swerve's going to the moon. I think Swerve's going to get shot up to, like, TNT title, world title shot, world title win. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> he could do a lot of stuff. You know? Yep. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, I cut out on you for a second there. But, um, yeah, I'm basically just in agreement. Like, So you could just say I was nodding my head rather than speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But, I no, mean, long, long story short, Swerve is going to go far. Yeah, if anything, the go- only problem with Swerve is that he's officially heel now when they just kickstarted a heel champion. Like, that's the only thing is maybe bad timing because MJF is going to kind of lock into that spot as the top heel for a while, but that doesn't mean you can't have another one. I mean, in the eighties you had Bobby Heenan and you had Piper all at the same time, you know? So there's, there's plenty of space. Um, but yeah, that, speaking of which, uh, do we really need to recap much of the main event? I mean, we talked about it. No, we talked about the majority of it. Um, <clears throat> I thought uh, that with the pile driver through the table was wicked. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought MJF, uh, bouncing off the ropes, faking a plancha was hilarious. Yeah. Um, they had some good stuff. I John like Moxley. The, uh, I like the t- the tombstone on the apron where MJF sold the 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 knee injury to near the end. And, he, and God bless MJF. He's such. I, I asked. Still limping I asked, around in the post match. <laughs> yeah. I asked Ryan this, and I know this is very. This might sound Markish. I asked him. I said, "Is is is MJF saving professional wrestling as a craft?" Hmm. And he said, "Yes." Like, who is a better? And I mean this in the air quotes sports entertainer right. than MJF. Right. No one. Right. He does it better than Roman Reigns. He does it better than John Cena. He does it better than Chris Jericho. No one sports entertains better than MJF. Maybe Satnam just... Singh, QT Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Satnam Singh is starting to win me over. Man. Dude, I know, right? What the <laughs> heck is wrong with us? Are we just total marks for this company? <laughs> <laughs> I thought the match was fine, and I don't. And I think it was good that they didn't. Um, they they were able to book a show where the matches didn't seem to stand out like really like as a singular perspective. Like they weren't like, wow, I can't wait to see this in a vacuum again. Yeah, none of the matches seemed to do that. However, in within the framework of the show itself, it all fit perfectly i could watch this show from start to finish and not get bored i feel you know and that's what makes a great show to to be optimistic it felt like uh setting things getting the table set for the way they really want the company to go uh they've got that heel champ they want they've got their homegrown people with belts 
They've got challengers set up with Ricky Starks or Ethan Page. Like we said, probably Ricky Starks. They've got feuds set up because I think coming right out of Swerve in Our Glory, I think FTR is waiting in the wings for the acclaimed. And it looks like they finally have some direction, uh, which I think has been a problem really ever since CM Punk got injured as champion. Is It feels like things have been in holding patterns or delayed or waiting for backstage shenanigans to get cleaned up. And it just feels like so much has been paused and put on hold that it's just a TV show with no meaning behind it and hopefully yeah hopefully this kind of reset everything and uh we can kind of get back to what and made the show so good you know it's like the it's like the old adage in abbreviations k-i-s-s keep it simple stupid right. like right sometimes like you had talked about that at the top of the show that you know just doing it the basic way with a swerve here and a swerve there literally um, <laughs> yeah, right. it might it, it it you it can be fun if you execute it right and the thing that you expect to happen satisfies you because you're anticipating the next move just to see if something different happens. Yeah. And I felt like they kept things simple with MJF versus Moxley. They kept things simple with um with Chris Jericho having the ROH title. I remember a year ago we talked about a feud between um the Inner Circle and American top team and we absolutely hated this segment where they were going through all these machinations to try to figure out how to get to this one match at full gear and it was like why don't you just like have a feud where one hates the other and you have a match yeah you don't need all of these stupid stipulations and yeah. all these different things protecting you. Like even even Moxley and Punk having a second match like ten days after having another one like seemed a little what the hell is that? Yeah. You know? It just gets like it gets don't try to complicate it too much. If you just keep it simple at times, like it's the best route. I felt like full gear for the most part kept things pretty simple. You yeah. know, and it I think I think the show on its own benefited from it coming off of this you know going to chicago i think they're going to indianapolis after that yep um, they are. Mm-hmm. and then winter is coming uh in texas they're going to be in texas for like all of december um i that'll be kind of interesting to see where they're kind of going with that with mjf at the lead yeah having said all that if the show is still ring of honor heavy for like 45 minutes of the two hours of dynamite big thumbs down for me poop sounds fart sounds whatever <laughs> You know, like, they've got to kill this Ring of Honor stuff dead. Like, I don't know, man. It's just... Uh, There was a lot of very ambiguous language that came out of the Tony Khan answers regarding Ring of Honor. He basically said, I don't want it to be a YouTube show. He has, I guess he has this idea that ring of honor is more important to 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 the fans than the fans think it is for the fans yes, like agreed. the fans don't care about ring of honor anymore right listen the if fans ring of don't honor care was about as, tna anymore if ring of honor yeah. was as big a deal as tony thought then he wouldn't have been able to buy it on the cheap it, it's you know? like it's like, like when the lakers got russell westbrook man imagine having russell westbrook anthony davis and lebron james yeah it's not 2016 <laughs> Exactly. It's 22, exactly. and they suck. Like it does. Oh, Russell Westbrook sucks now. I'll get. I'll say. Yeah, but um, trash. like the the thing is, like you gotta like think back. Like you know, tickling the ivories is not gonna, like. Oh man, it's Ring of Honor needs to be more than a YouTube show. Maybe it maybe it just should be a YouTube show. Right. I mean, for real. Like, why don't you just turn dark into Ring of Honor? I, I don't know what the. Right. Is. Yeah. I, it's just. 
I'm trying to think of the word like heat killer really more than anything it's just a heat killer like even too like it's where guys go to die like what happened to Daniel Garcia <laughs> where, where is the he's, guy he's sports entertaining I guess yeah, I don't like know. he's not even on TV like the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society is there I mean I guess is he hurt possibly but like he hasn't it, even it's been like on TV. the opposite of the NXT WWE paradigm like yes. back in back in 2016 or through yes. 18 because the nxt was the place where everyone had the fun yeah and WWE was where you went to die now it feels like roh is where you go to die and AEW dynamite is where you go have all the fun right that makes sense except that ring of honor is sucking into dynamite's time (laughs) more than i wanted to just some funny things i did see stokely hathaway telling mjf that he's dick riding without a license yeah Uh, I'm interested in seeing <laughs> Stokely the in the follow-up of all this. I hope that Stokely doesn't just quickly become forgotten. Um, um, what did you think of Jeff Jarrett calling Satnam Singh, saying he doesn't look like a fake tough guy that wears skinny red jeans and is from the Banana Nose Circus? <laughs> so I didn't uh, know what that meant at all until I saw a tweet that had a picture of Braun Strowman in skinny red jeans. Yeah, like, I did not, then, not get the joke at all. The second part with the banana nose, I think it was about Triple H. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then uh, uh, the only other thing I saw that was funny it was the tag match on Dynamite, uh, the Dark Dynamite. Uh, Chris Jericho did got the swing done. He he got the swing from what, yeah, audio. holding the baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It's just little, it's little small things like that that um, that he's that still great at. Happen. Yeah, his mind and, hasn't um, gone. I, I have to mention this, and I got it. You know what? I'll just say it. This was the best match I've seen in the last two weeks. Brian Daniels and Sammy Guevara had a great, yeah, great two out of, two three, out of falls. three falls. Cool, yeah, and it was, was cool. My- like I liked how Sammy intentionally got himself disqualified. Like, okay, I'll give up the first one because I'm going to brain him with a chair. You know, <laughs> like, right? I'll lose the fall, but he's busted and he's dead, so I can you know win two in a row. It was really kind of a smart way to go about it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, and I mean the other things going on. We we mentioned that triangle versus the elite coming up, part two. Um, all ego into page Ricky Starks in the final of the Eliminator. Yep. Jake Hager and his hat against Orange Cassidy. <laughs> and um, this one we didn't mention: Ring of Honor title, Chris Jericho versus Tomohiro Ishii. Yes, yeah, we didn't mention that. Um, I'll watch it, but I'm not. I'm not hyped for it. <laughs> uh, I hope you get off of work early because Rampage is on at three o'clock in the afternoon. Wait, <laughs> on, what? On- on Black Friday, I'm not kidding. You need to listen to our show because it drops <laughs> around one, and immediately turn on TNT to watch. Oh my Ray gosh! Day. Why is it basketball? I think it's like a. I don't know. I I don't Three have any answer to that o'clock. question. No one's gonna watch that. Uh, well, uh, Jordan, come on. Excalibur called it a special start time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's special. All right. Holy cow, <laughs> man! Jeez, I did I yeah, did so not hear that get, at um, all. We're gonna get two ra- taped rampages in a row in Chicago. See, you know what's crazy about that? That's that's a noon start time in California. <laughs> if it were to be live, you're still drinking by then. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my! You're not goodness. out the club yet by noon. That is wild. Okay, from the night before. Jeez, man. So that's a skippable um, rampage. Uh, two two let's, bull let's, prediction things. Oh yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say let's make some predictions of who's on this horrible rampage that no one's ever gonna watch. Okay, and I'll give you one at the end. Okay, I think okay. Lee, Lee Moriarty's definitely on that show. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a rumor that they, they built it up on a segment before that John Silver's going to wrestle Roosh. 
Oh, yeah, I did see that segment. Okay. Yeah, because they're still doing the press advance crap. So Yes, Jose is still recruiting him hard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Weird. I mean Um and and here's my um here's my one about uh the two dynamites coming up um once we reconvene. Will Adam Page be back? Will Adam Cole be back? Yeah. Uh I think Page more likely than Cole. Um, okay. I think I think with Cole, he's been out so long now at this point, you might as well just hold off until you've got something big to put him back into. Because he's been gone long enough to like you know, there's that there's that feeling when somebody goes down with an injury, like a concussion. Okay, we got to get him back. Got to get him back quick. But then you hit this point where they've been gone long enough to where it's almost like, okay, let's hold him back for a minute until his return is almost like a surprise or like perfect timing. Like they they almost are, are, are lucky to be in that situation with Cole to where they can keep him for the right moment. Right. Know? So Agreed. I still think it's possible that he could be like the face of ring of honor that defeats Chris Jericho. I still think that could be a thing. You're talking about Cole. Yes. Cole. Yeah. Not page. It could happen. And then two WWE things and we can hit our questions. Okay. Um, will you watch war games? Um, probably not. Tell me who's in it. Okay. So is it um, the bloodline? bloodline, the bloodline, which is Sami Zayn, Roman, the Usos and uh solo Sakua. Okay. Uh, versus let me guess. Sheamus. Let me see if I can guess. Okay, okay, okay. Kevin Owens. Yes. Um, Matt Riddle. No. Okay. Is it all like SmackDown or all Raw guys, or is it a mix? Um, a mix. A bit uh, a mix. Drew McIntyre. Yes. Okay, Drew, Kevin Owens. Think uh, of a group. Think what? Think of a group. Oh, the uh, I I I think I heard you say Sheamus. So Sheamus and his guys. Yeah, the brawling brutes. The brawling. Brutes. I like I like the brawling brutes. You know. Okay. Um, and then the women's one. It. I don't remember all the names. Yeah, I I, 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 I saw on Twitter. There's one mystery baby face out there. People, people think, think it'll think be Sasha. Be either Sasha or Becky. That's the rumor. Okay. Yeah. So it's 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 Bianca Belair. Uh, I love Bianca, by the way. If yeah. she does crazy high spots, I'll, I'm all for it. I saw a tweet today that Bianca and Montez Ford are getting a reality show. Because they're are oh they married? God. I know they're a couple. I don't know if they're married. They are married. They yeah. are married in real life. Yes. So they're getting a, they're getting a reality show. So I remember right after the first double thing, WWE decided to do a combine. I don't know why they did. That. <laughs> they, they did a combine in the for like athletes, center. right? Yeah, for the athletes, for the wrestlers. Like, the wrestlers did the combine. Like, the NXT talents did the combine. <laughs> Bianca Belair fucking destroyed everybody. <laughs> I believe it. She she was the DK Metcalf of the WWE. Combine. I look at her shoulders, and I'm just like, she is. I could commit my shoulder. the rest of my life to bodybuilding, and I wouldn't get She's the shoulders that this different... woman has. She is just a different dude. She makes Montez Ford, who is chiseled and is like super athletic, he makes him look like a shrimp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's a beast. Yes. Um, but um, and then um, there's uh, there's some singles matches involving like AJ Finn and Seth freaking Rollins and uh, and oh god, I think it's Bobby Lashley and a and a third person. Whatever. Um, I don't know. The other one. What in the hell is the Iron Survivor Challenge on NXT? I read about this. Um, oh my god it is it it's is, it's a tna concept dude but, it is a combination of actually a match i like the scramble challenge the scramble, that yep. mike, 
I actually liked it. That's part with of the it. the King of the Mountain match with the penalty box. With the box. King of the Mountain penalty <laughs> box. What in the fuck are you doing? So goofy. So goofy. That is going to go up against, when we preview the next episode, 33, the Ring of Honor Final Battle Show. It's the same the same night. Oh, okay. So, or the same afternoon. Whatever. I don't care. Iron Survivor. <laughs> yeah, if anyone listening it's does called, not know, um, it's like, what, it's like eight guys, six guys, something like that? I have, Jordan, I have no it's idea. It's X amount of guys. Starts with a one versus one. After five minutes, somebody else comes in. And then it's like just a 25 to 30 minute match. And at the end of the match, or has the most victories by pinfall submission i guess a dq is a thing <laughs> yes a wins the match one of those, so you can be disqualified from the match but not be disqualified from the match right and so if know. you take a fall so if you get pinned you've got to go to a penalty box for 90 seconds yeah but here's the thing if you say you have a bunch say say everybody else has falls you go to the penalty box say you take a fall to go to the penalty box and you're in the penalty box while everybody else is taking falls. Yeah. Think about that. It's dumb. <laughs> it's dumb, dude. It's like reinventing the wheel if it was a wheel of cheese because it's the cheesiest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. Shawn Michaels, I love you. You're my favorite wrestler ever. <coughs> stop booking NXT. Please uh, stop. Can I make a WWE complaint? Like, I feel like uh, I haven't been too negative. Um, another one in the... <laughs> so I, I see a lot of this on when I when I watch TikTok. TikTok really has a, a spot on algorithm. If I go on TikTok, I know I'm going to see fantasy football, pro basketball, pro wrestling stuff. That's like my yeah. wheelhouse, right? I see right. a lot of stuff about Bray Wyatt, and people seem to love Bray Wyatt's character. Um, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't get it. So the character is essentially that he's. Got multiple personalities, correct? Am I reading that right? Yes, and that and that he's very difficult at times. Yeah. Here's I guess I guess they're just trying to be too clever because ultimately wrestling at the end of the day is about building towards a match. So who is he building to a match with? LA Knight. You know what but you know, yeah, LA Knight. But you know what I mean? Like ultimately it seems like the feud is Bray Wyatt versus Uncle Howdy. But how do you pay that off? Ever? I, I don't know. Can that exactly. Invisible Man, like, can they do that match against the Invisible Man like they yeah, did in Hustle that one it's time? It's almost just one of those things where it's like too smart for its own good. Like, like wrestling sometimes needs – there's a ceiling of how, of how creative we, you can be because at the, end of the day, I, I, at the end of the day, all these stories lead to people punching and kicking each other. And And, the, and Jordan, you said this. We said this when Soraya came back. As much as people are happy to see her, and as much as people will pay attention to her debut and her promo to start and such and such, uh-huh. they want to see the goods. They want to see you in the ring. Right. you got to right. deliver. At the end of the day, it's a wrestling match. It's right. about a match. And that's a perfect example because the, the TikTok that's in mind that made me really think this is like some guy was like, oh, this was crazy moment of SmackDown. And it was like an interview. But in the background, Bray Wyatt's like standing there talking to himself. And people are like, this is crazy awesome. I'm like, why? What? <laughs> what? Okay, so he talks to himself. Then what? Who's he going to punch? Who's he going to hit his sister Abigail on? And why? Like you have we to said have that- a why. I mentioned this when um, Hangman did his promo leading up to his match against Moxley, and people like on the internet thought it was fantastic because he went like, oh, when he started punching like, himself in the head. Yeah, and I'm like, no, this is dumb. 
Yeah. This is stupid. Like, yeah. and it's okay to be sophomoric. The Acclaims promos are all sophomoric. Right. But they they do it well. They know their routine. Like, they got the comedy part down. Like, when you're acting almost comedic on the surface, but you're trying to be serious, that's when you lose them. Right. You know? Yeah. Speaking of sophomoric and comedic, you want to do some questions? Yes. <laughs> All right. Let me let me bring them up. Oh, my phone's at three percent. We got to get through these, man. <laughs> All right. Our questions. Our questions. Our questions. Oh, there's this image of the Death Triangle. Best of seven. So they got match two is uh, match two will have happened tomorrow. Uh, well, by the time this episode drops, uh, Indianapolis, Garland, San Antonio, Denver, L.A. Well, I mean, listen. You can come back from a two zero hole. Just don't don't go down three zero. Yeah, especially if you don't have home court advantage, uh, which uh, the Lucha Brothers will not in match set. Okay, why can I not find the questions here, man? Hang on, I think I scrolled down too far. Okay, you know what that means, Google Doc. And my phone is frozen. Okay. Here we go, episode 32. By the way, we are episode 32. This is a check episode, dude. Yeah, this is the WrestleMania uh, 32 episode, so this is going to be the this longest, the, the longest you know and worst episode time. ever. I'm going to choke slam you off the cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, man. Okay, Andrew, where, why am I not finding our questions? Oh, found them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, first question. Rely, if you could, pal. <laughs> yeah, if you could cut to picture in picture for any wrestler's promo, who would it be? It probably would have been Marina Shafir. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that thing is that that's gonna go down in history. Like that's gonna grow over time as a like a legendary. I think, we need, I think it needs con. I don't think we ever brought it up. I think it needs context. Yeah. A few months ago, she was on Dark Elevation, and she cut a promo where she says, "Buffalo, you New York." Me. I think it was. Buffalo. You know me. Yeah. Yeah. She says, "You know me." And she kind of like like stares down at him, and the crowd doesn't know what she's talking about. And then she just starts screaming, "You don't know me! You don't know me!" <laughs> then she starts like kicking the bottom so turnbuckle. But it, yeah, she started kicking the bottom turnbuckle, but it came off like a child having a tantrum. It, it was, was so bad that Vicky just started laughing in the ring. I think legit. I think she was laughing because she was like, "Oh, dude, this is this is bombing." <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> and her hat was way yes. stupider than Jake Hager's too. But, yeah, she's uh, prettied herself up all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, like Who's she's married to? Kyle O'Reilly? Uh, no, uh, the uh, wheelchair-bound, bedridden Roderick Strong. So sad. <laughs> Wait, I giggled. I thought that was a joke. Wheelchair-bound? Why? What, what's happening with him? So in the Diamond Mind, he got beat down by one of his former members like months ago. Mm-hmm. So they, But they haven't done anything with him because there was a rumor that Roderick Strong wanted out. He wanted yeah, a release. Yeah, I remember that. So they basically did this creative has nothing for you thing. So they they wrote him off, but they're bringing him back for these segments involving the Diamond Mine members who are feuding and stuff. The Creed brothers, Julius Creed and the other one. Apollo and they Creed. visit yeah. Roderick. <laughs> and they visit Roderick in the hospital, and he's like, he's like in a he's like in a hospital bed. And he can't move, and he's like he's he's still beat down. And then I think they went back and did it again, like oh, man. two weeks later. So he has been in a hospital for over a month. You know what they need to do? <laughs> they need to just do a one little segment to appeal to longtime hardcore fans, and have Tugboat come out and beg the fans to write letters 
to uh, Roderick while he's in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Hulk Hogan with yeah. Earthquake? Yeah. <laughs> I wrote one of those. Did you really? Right to the Hulk? I did. I wrote a good, well, Hulk. Get well, uh, Hulk. Tugboat told me you're not doing so good. <laughs> but no, that that was the joke about that. But yeah, yeah she's in real life. She is uh, with uh, Roger Strong. Okay. Uh, my answer would be, I think it'd be Jay Lethal. I don't mind him okay. in matches. I don't ever want to hear him talk. Even when he's Black Machismo? Eh, if we got that, I, I'd go with that. That'd be fine. Yeah. Um, okay, next question. Since we're doing the best of series again in wrestling, name a matchup that you would rather see end in a one-sided four-match sweep. <laughs> the Undertaker versus Mankind. I just want The Undertaker to beat Mankind every time. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I don't want Mankind. Like, I like how they started the feud Mankind one every time. I'm like, no! <laughs> the Undertaker needs to beat him every time. Let me think. Okay, so I was trying to think AEW. If you extend it to, like, all time... Who's yeah, I did I all time. Who's somebody that I always hate? Just to be different. I'm trying to think of somebody that just I thought sucked really bad. Triple H? No, I mean, I hated him as much as everybody did in 2003 or so. Like, we all knew he was trash, except for Scott Criscolo. Um, Man, there's got to be somebody. I'm blanking on this. Okay, you know who I really hated uh, as a kid? The Young Stallions. Which was Jim Powers and okay. Paul Roma. So how about okay. the Young Stallions lose four nothing to the Twin Towers, Akeem and Big Boss? Man? <laughs> like, are they competitive matches or nope, just murders? not even a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> like Heart Foundation Bolsheviks bad? Yes, yes. Like that. <laughs> like they're unbuttoning their their jackets and they get squashed in the corner with double splashes. Um. Like, I just like the idea that you're down 3-9 and you're like, all right, we got no chance. Let's just try to win this match. <laughs> you get beat even faster. <laughs> In AEW, I don't know. Um, I don't, Like a sweep. Um, hmm, that's a good one. Yeah. Probably probably Warlow just beating the shit out of, like, Swerve Strickland yeah, or something. Yeah, like, like plowing through the... Like the the firm, like starting with Lee Moriarty, switched. then each gun club, club member. Yeah, Swerve's a bad example. I would, yeah, members of the Packery, kind yeah. of like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, <clears throat> this one's interesting. Given I was actually listening to some seventies rock today. Uh, AEW is now using music by the Pixies, the Rolling Stones, Jefferson Starship, and of course Kansas, who we mentioned earlier. What seventies era band classic will be next? Do you have an answer for this one? I do. And then we talked about it off air, but now I'm ready to unveil it. They need to do Renegade for um from by Sticks for mm. Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That would if you listen to the lyrics, it would be perfect for Hangman Page. Uh, I always draw a blank on the name of the song. Oh, Im- I think it's called Immigrant Song. Um, ah, oh, that could be definitely one. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that's Led Zeppelin, right? Yeah, Led Zeppelin's immigrant. The one song. that they redid for the girl from the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, um, and it was in the trailer. Thor, the third Thor movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's de- that's definitely got like a wrestling song vibe. Yeah. So they bashed every single time they use these. They bashed Tony. How did you get the rights? How did you get the rights? And he says that it's always like last second deals with these acts, and they have to get permission and stuff. I don't know if they could get Led Zeppelin to pull that one off. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. But then again, they got the stones. I'll tell you who they couldn't get is any Smashing Pumpkins songs. <laughs> Speaking of which, Andrew, what do you think of our new yeah. NWA champion, Tyrus? That was in my hometown of Chalmette. Do you, do think, you, know he's gonna, many... do you think he's going to drop the title Jordan. to, to uh, Jordan. Greg Gutfeld? <laughs> Jordan. 
that that building that show was the NWA pay per view that uh-huh. Tyrus won the NWA title. Do you have any idea how many times I was dressed in a suit for banquets <laughs> in that fucking building? <laughs> As a kid, that was the one place where we all congregated in St. Bernard. Wow. I read an I mean, interview I read an interview with Billy about like how he believes that what he's doing is the correct way to to book professional wrestling, basically the toughest guys possible. And I'm just like, you think Tyrus is the toughest guy in all of wrestling? He's just the only thing guy. he's good at is owning the libs. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on now. I mean, even the picture like that made the rounds when he won, he just looks like – I don't want to rip on someone's appearance, but he just looks so slobbingly, like so fat and gross. What do you think was faker, the belt he paraded around on Fox and Friends <laughs> or Fox and Friends? Yeah. Uh, do, do, you think, <laughs> do you think that in January 2024 the NWA title will be defended at the Capitol? <laughs> In a interview called Insurrection 25. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, jeez. What's the next question? <laughs> uh, you know who's going to ref is that Drake Younger. He'll be the ref. Uh, anyways, uh, John Moxley has said in the past that he's the heart and soul of it. Britt Baker has recently said she's the pulse of AEW for doing some biology class symbolism. Who's <laughs> the GERD of AEW? <laughs> Jake Hager. Jake Hager. Uh, who's the... Who's the taint of AEW? Uh, <laughs> Nick Camaroto, I think. <laughs> Did you see Nick Camaroto's got a new gimmick? He's got a Razor Ramon thing going. Does he really? Yeah, he's, not, he's like, trying Caveman to. He's anymore? doing the Diamond Dallas Page thing where he's just trying everything at the same time. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I skipped one earlier. So, uh, by the way, uh, House of Black appears to be coming back. Um, those yes, vignettes are interesting. Back. Like, they're these vignettes where there's like. Uh, talking like a narration and it's showing them like just beating the crap out of people. So yeah, apparently rumor mill rumor mill was that they were backstage for full gear, but they weren't like, maybe they were just kind of meeting up with Tony. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, the rumor is that, um, <clears throat> the narrator of those vignettes is the actor who played pinhead in the Hellraiser movies. So Andrew, which horror character or specific scene scared you as a kid? Um, the, there's, do you remember the Twilight Zone movie? Uh, yeah. Okay, that was the the one. The monster on the plane, the gremlin plane? That scared the hell out of me. I never wanted to get on it. What was the name of that actor? Um, John John Lithgow. Lithgow. Yeah. The great John Lithgow. A lot of people know that movie (laughs) because it was four different stories. There was one where in real life, uh, uh, the actor and two kids died because of a helicopter crash. Um, and John Landis had to go to trial because he directed it and blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, that was the other – that was the one directed by George Miller who did Mad Max and uh, John Lithgow was the star. The original person the first Twilight Zone episode was William Shatner. But oh, was um, it? Oh, okay. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Terror at 5,000 feet or 50,000 yeah. feet, something like that. But that that scene with the fucking creepy thing at the window, I I could never get it out of my head. And Freddy Krueger too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I have a, a, a legitimate scary one and one that's like stupid scary. Um, for me, uh, the movie Poltergeist freaked me out. Um, there was like, a, uh, did you ever see Poltergeist? Oh, I love basically haunted house. Um, but the boy with the he had like that goofy clown in his room. That clown freaked me out bad. Um, <laughs> but one that really kind of bothered me. 
I was even older too. I was probably like twelve at this point. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, <laughs> the sequel to Bill and Ted's <laughs> the Excellent devil. Adventure. No, not the devil. When they were in hell and like they're seeing all the stuff from when they were little, and the the Easter Bunny was like chasing them down the halls. That oh, Easter oh Bunny, I remember it gave me a nightmare, and it was supposed to be for comedic effect, but I. And I'll give you one more because I was so little when I first saw it. When Pee-wee's Big Adventure sees the truck driver. Oh yeah, large truck driver's odd. <laughs> Bug out. Blah, blah, blah. Always got Tell a Marge, got Marge sent you. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, now that Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal have teamed up to face Sting and Ric Flair in tag matches this year, which crusty legend is next on their list? And will that wrestler be the first one to die in the ring of natural causes? Do you think we'll ever have a wrestler who's so old and won't quit that he'll just actually, like Ricky Moore, they'll just die in the ring? I mean, we've had wrestlers die in the ring. I don't think it was because of their age. Masawa's, Masawa got his neck broke. Yeah, and then there was the one yeah. that Rey Mysterio, that Rey Mysterio basically killed the guy with a 619, didn't he? Freak accident, yeah. yeah. Um, um, mine is Matt Bourne. <laughs> he's, he's still alive? <laughs> no, he's dead. Oh. That's the point. If they had Doink and he said he was Matt Bourne. <clears throat> I'm going to go with, oh, no, I'm not going to make that joke. Never mind, that's mean. <laughs> I was going to say Lex Luger. <laughs> No. no. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you know, if uh, I read Lex Luger's book a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. His story's really, really sad, but, like, he became a man of faith and stuff. And, like, obviously, you know, he did a lot of crap. He did a lot wrong. And he had a lot of bad stuff to him. He's wheelchair-ridden. Or, I don't, is he wheelchair-ridden? Or can he I walk think he again? has, like, I think he has maybe, I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn. I want to say he has MS. Yeah, he, he, he had this weird freak accident i think he was on an airplane and he like went into shock and couldn't basically was paralyzed for a while you know he uh became a man of faith and he really did try to turn his life around and i think there's a lot of people who like are unforgiving about it you know because they blame him for miss elizabeth's death and stuff but his story is actually very interesting uh, the book's pretty easy read, even though it's not really it was also an easy very story smart. to read. In terms yeah. of wrestlers' rights, he was uh, he was also very smart. Yeah, I think Lex Luger is a guy who has become underrated over time. Like, I think people think of him as like one of those muscle bound guys that couldn't work. But Lex Luger had good matches, dude. Like, My you might God, watch yes. WCW. I think I think Lex Luger was better than people remember him being. Agreed. Agreed. Um. <clears throat> Okay, uh, it looks like the U.S. Senate could be in a dead heat for the second election cycle in a row between Democrats and Republicans. What's your favorite all-time match that ended in a tie or a draw? You go first. I'll think about mine. So my first gut answer is the really long Raw match with uh, Shawn Michaels. It was like, what, 57 minutes or so? Was it Michaels and Cena? Yeah, that actually ended in a, uh, with, C- with uh, Michaels winning. Oh, did it? Oh, I that thought it had was a win. Draw. It was a non-title match. Okay, well then, that's not my answer then. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was also a really good match. At, I think it was Hog Wild. Um, yes, Benoit Malenko that went the distance. Um, yes, and the, the crowd sucked for it because they were just bikers. But... They were Sturgis, South Dakota. Right. Of course. I mean, it's Benoit Malenko in 1996, dude. Yeah, like, great that's, stuff. That's a great one. Um, man, uh, Eddie and Eddie and Dean and ECW is one. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people love Sting and Flair in '88. I think it's just okay. Like, oh, the first clash. Yeah, it, it's great. It's just I've seen better. Yeah, 
I, I mean, what about like, freaking uh, Kenny and Brian? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'll go with that one. I'll go with Danielson and Omega. Okay. That was fantastic. <laughs> I think we got Jordan on one, that one, folks. If CM Punk and Ace Steel and Larry ever co-hosted a true crime confessional podcast to express their grievances with AEW, should it be sponsored by Chicago's own McGruff the Crime Dog? <laughs> Which should it be called cereal? <laughs> yeah. No, I think it would be called muffins, right? <laughs> Clearly not a cereal eater. Do you know? Do you really know the Muffin Man? Um, <laughs> man, what a look, happened to McGruff? So I I looked this up. I had I actually did research for this show. I know people are going to not believe this. We actually did research for this show, but um, <laughs> McGruff the Crime Dog started in like the early '80s or late '70s for the when the crime wave started, and the artist who made him was from Chicago. Oh, okay. I just remember like. On WGN, there were a lot of McGruff the Crime. Yeah, it wasn't it like Take a Bite Out of Crime or something? Take a Bite Out of Crime, and then yeah. Smokey Bear, only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah. But here's my real here's my real take on that one. It, I'm kind of making light of it. CM Punk's going to say something. It's going to happen. He yeah. showed up on doing Calling MMA again with hair. Kind of weird. He made yeah. some kind yeah, of small... He made some kind of small in-joke about it. Very, very subtle. But you know it's coming. You know he's going to, like... Say what he wants to say. Do you think it'll be on the Art of Wrestling podcast? I do not think Hosted so. Hosted by <laughs> <laughs> Boom, boom. Anyway. Well, let me ask you this, Jordan. What is, give me a percent chance that he just comes to terms with it all and says, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Let's make good. <laughs> zero. Zero? <laughs> yeah. Zero. Not zero point one. Yeah, no, I, I say zero. The guy... We know who he is at this point, you know, and I, I don't say that to disparage him. I think the guy's a heck of a pro wrestler. I, I'm maybe I'm a victim of recency bias on this one too, but that chant really like if I'm if I'm Phil and I'm watching that, I'm thinking, man, yeah, I screwed this up. Yeah. And now I'm curious what the dark people will know by the time they the show drops, but like I'm kind of curious to see what Chicago responds with. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I. I don't think that it will be pro-punk, but it might not be anti-punk is, what, is my gut. I don't think they'll be pro-punk. I just okay. don't necessarily think we'll get the anti Something will be said. I, I think it's how, interesting that they're going to put the elite out there, though, to really, oh, you know. But here's the thing that I find interesting, and I think this wasn't by accident. They're putting, they're rolling them out in matches. I don't think we're going to be cutting promos talking about how great the Bucks and Kenny are. Right. They're yeah. just going to go out there and wrestle because that's what people like. They can they win like over. To yep. Yes. Yeah. Let's get a couple more questions and we'll get out of here. Okay. And we'll. Um, <clears throat> Taylor Swift concert tickets are reaching milestone prices. What is the most money you would ever pay to attend a wrestling event? I'm a cheapskate. No more than a hundred dollars. I saw some Taylor Taylor Swift tickets were going for like ninety thousand dollars. So the story on this That's so one, stupid. The story on this one is that I believe Ticketmaster was the exclusive provider for the Taylor Swift tour. Yeah. And there were so Taylor Swift is the most popular mus- musician on the planet. And rightfully was, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't have a problem with Taylor Swift. Um Taylor, listen to our show. No, because um, if she hears that and hears my dig, she's gonna write a song, she's gonna drop a whole album about me. Um when uh 
all they had so many fans trying to get the tickets that Ticketmaster just locked up, and no one could get tickets Insane. for days. Listen, I've and yeah, I have always said the true power of the the ticket buyer is young female audience. If any anyone who can tap into a young female audience has the most powerful ticket buying audience ever. Uh, wrestling yep. has or tapped into that. How do you think K-pop became what it became? Exactly. In the Look at Taylor Swift. Young women. Even mm-hmm. even let's go back in history. Who who was screaming for the Beatles? Was it old dudes? Nope. <laughs> who, who loved Elvis? You know. Hey, my uh, dad loved Elvis. One Direction, Harry Styles, like. Well, you know that's something that WWE has done well, and it shows in the demos. Like the young female audience, they have done well because they have showcased their women in premier matches and as top dudes for multiple years. Let's see if AEW can get to that point. So here's a question that's not in our written questions, Andrew. Okay. Who do you think is the worst AEW wrestler to promote to young female audiences, and why is it Eddie Kingston? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was like emceeing for like a couple minutes just to kill time. That yeah. was hilarious. That was great. He's like running down the show. They cut him off. He goes, bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, how much money would you pay at the most? Uh, okay. For one ticket or like for a one, group? One ticket. One ticket. Yeah, 100 bucks sounds sounds good. I'm not going more than that. You know, I think if I were to go back in time to when I was like a bigger fan, like when wrestling was like. Like, wrestling is not my number one hobby anymore. Like, there was a stretch, though. Like, when I was, like, when the NWO and WCW was booming and WWF was coming up and ECW, like, wrestling was my biggest interest at that time. I think that version of me probably would have dropped some more money. But yeah. me now, nah. I'm content watching stuff on my television most of the time. I, um, I, I think we talked, I may have brought this up when we did the show, but, um, I wish I could have gone to that Final Four in the Superdome when Duke played North Carolina. Uh, I was working, so mm-hmm. I couldn't. I wish I could have. Yeah, okay, so there's a question. What That's what event would you spend the most money on for a ticket? The, the Final Four. The Final Four, okay. I would go to the Final Four, yeah. So you're going to come up to Michigan? Probably... Andrew, are you going to come to SummerSlam with me and the NFL draft with me and the final four with me like they're all here in my town for once well what even killed me more was that Duke and North Carolina played in the Superdome I was like yeah like how much better timing that could have been but it wasn't to be uh $500 I'd go to 500 okay yeah I'd go to I think the correct answer is whatever my wife allows me to spend that's the default answer yeah but I would try to get that number up to 500 right and here's a follow-up question how far would you travel for a dream event so you know like Um, Wrestlemania is like a destination thing for people 12 hours 12 hours okay like I would drive you don't like to fly though right no I don't I'm look I'm more open to it now as as I turned 40 and I reached my postmodern midlife crisis yeah (laughs) 40 is the new 50 (laughs) yeah exactly okay uh, let's do two more questions. We'll we'll go home. Uh, sure. Impact recently had a match where you had to take make your opponent bleed in order to be eligible to take a fall. If AEW did the opposite and matches were won by wrestlers who bleed first, how long would John Moxley go undefeated? <laughs> <laughs> who would challenge him? Hangman? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to think. Is like who? Maybe Darby Allen, but like. He'd have to have the ref watch the back of his head at I think all times. You were right. I think you were right about something back in the summer. I think he's got a, like a nick 
like a stitch yeah, that just never and he heals. Just yanks and he just yanks it. Yep, it's and gross. he just does it over and over and it bleeds. Yeah. He's nuts, man. He's a nut job. The thing too about uh, John is just like, other than the hangman accent, he never injures anyone. What if he uses know? that that as like like his wallet? Like he just stuffs his license in there and his cash and his open wound <laughs> <laughs> while traveling. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of other guys who bleed. Um, who bleed? I mean, sometimes Jericho does. Yeah, Jericho bleeds uh, good. Um, I, I really do think Darby bleeds a decent amount. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing, the thing that's amazing about Darby, and I've said it before, is his stamina. Like, yeah, he just bounces right back. He takes a nasty. He took a nasty um, shot where he took the guitar to the back. Yeah, um, he's laying in a probably, pool of his own blood. He does a fucking hip up. Yeah. Like in, in the uh, in the full gear match after he takes the guitar, I'm like, this man is not you. Like I mean this in the Mick Foley sense. Like this man is not human. Yeah, right. He's incredible. I love Darby Allen. Okay, final question, and we will uh, be done. Uh, since AEW will be making its debut in Maricopa County, Arizona, on February 22nd, 2023, and Pro Wrestling has predetermined winners, should Carrie Lake show up? <laughs> And declare herself to be the new governor of all elite wrestling. <laughs> I mean, listen, can Carrie Lake book a show? I mean, she was in the she was a local news anchor. Yeah, I mean, she's probably cuts a better promo than Maria Shafir. Like, right? She, her, the production value on her videos are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like she's in heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the big twist: is she died eight years ago. <laughs> These are for, for those who don't know, Carrie, Carrie Lake lost a very close re- election in <laughs> in Arizona, and uh, you'll never guess what she's claiming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Believe it or not, I saw I saw a clip from a guy. I mean, at least the guy's honest about it. He basically said he he's just like some he wasn't running for office. He was a, a commentator. He basically said, "When the results aren't what I want, I think that's rigged, and when the results are what I want, I think that's fair." I'm like, "Okay, well, at least you're honest." About at least, it. at least you said it. Yeah. Hey, look, we already have a, a big contest coming up in Glendale where we have predetermined winners. It's the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that Herschel Walker was talking about werewolves and vampires? <laughs> no, but I did see him uh, bring a fake badge like Sheriff Steve Austin went on Monday Night Raw. He literally showed up to a debate. Says, "I know everything about law enforcement. Look at this badge. I am a police officer." <laughs> <laughs> Remind me of like one of the worst. And then, there was, and I, and then I gotta say one more. <clears throat> Lindsey Graham is listen. Uh, you fuck it. We're gonna go there. Lindsey <laughs> Graham is like cutting promos with Herschel because they're trying to like do the go home for the runoff in December. Yeah, they don't and want he Herschel to like talk. <laughs> he sounds like Jimmy Hart with Killer Khan on Memphis television. Come on, Herschel, baby. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Are we really like? Is everything wrestling now? Is everything wrestling now? I mean, listen, the Republican Party is influenced by a WWE Hall of Famer. You know? Well, remember, Rand Paul said, just as Ric Flair said, if you got to beat the man, you have to beat the man. Yeah. And as Ric Flair says on Fox News every commercial break, you need to protect your car, car shield. And as <laughs> Boris Johnson said, who can beat Tyrus? <laughs> as Boris Johnson once said, Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. <laughs> That's what MJF said at a time. Oh, listen. <laughs> we hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope that uh, you listened to it before 3 o'clock or you missed Rampage. Uh, 
We'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, to be talking about well, winter is coming. Will that have happened yet? I don't think so. No, it it will be coming. <laughs> yeah, winter will be it'll coming, be coming even uh, closer. So it'll be even closer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it's not as disappointing as the finale of Game of Thrones, but we'll see. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, as always, we thank you for listening. Thank you for. Uh, any feedback you want to send, uh, if you listen to North South, go ahead and listen to some other shows. Like there's so this feed is so rich with content. Like I don't even want to like start doing a rundown because I'm missing any. It's ridiculous. The, the ones yeah. I always make it a point to listen to. I really like the Wrestling Warzone with Justin and Chad. Uh, anything that Aaron George is linked to, I will take it the time to listen to. And there's stuff that I just don't, honestly I don't have the time to get to and i'm sure there's probably people who, john johnny c johnny c does yeah. a solo most solo show and i'm sure Jennifer there's smith probably people out there who you know have some of our episodes on the back burner and to those people i say you suck you know me you know me you don't know me <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah uh as always andrew here's another fun episode 32 down uh, I think per our contract, 841 to go before we get renewed for the. <laughs> that's when we jump to the WWE. That's when we jump to the big leagues, right? We made we made a deal with the devil himself. Yes. Yeah. So Symphony for the Devil will start playing. So, uh, but yeah, Andrew. Uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, hope you're full. You. Hope you got to eat a lot. Hope by the time this episode comes out, I'm not in jail because I made a fool of myself with the Bills game and ran <laughs> onto the field to protect precious Josh Allen from getting. I mean, listen, board. when football fans in Detroit actually get their eyes on a great team, it's hard to let them go. You know it, baby. <laughs> you, you know it. So look, I saw the Ravens. I don't. I didn't want Lamar Jackson to leave. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, I have this other jersey. It, looks, it has your number. Why don't you wear this? Well, just come and wear this one. Gotcha. <laughs> You're a saint now. <laughs> so, all right, man. Uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks for the for Andrew, for myself, for Boris Johnson, for Jeff Jarrett, for Darby Allen's bloody head, for John Moxley's gig forehead, and for everyone in between. Thanks for listening.
business on a sunny afternoon. Night tonight, 